Hello everyone, and welcome to the first episode of the Bondcast. We got all the audio sorted out, we got a fancy little splash page for you to enjoy. It's just a sketch, but we're going to be working on it, I promise. And we have every member of our first panel here, and we're going to go ahead and introduce them now. I am, I go by Dayon, I played an undead warrior, and uh, this was some chicanery I wanted to get started and I found four friends to help me do it and these are those four friends uh Weigel, how you doing I'm doing pretty all right day on how about you I'm doing pretty fantastic and Qualia coming in as the dark ranger hello there doing pretty good and also the, and my partner in crime the first person I asked to do this and subsequently the first person to say yes is my longtime pal Rokan how you doing? I'm doing excellent, man. It's been a long day, but I'm doing well. Hey, I'm glad you were able to carve some time out for us. It means a lot. And I would be giving an introduction to our buddy Nakula here, but Nakula's microphone is cucking him out right now pretty hardcore. So hopefully we'll hear from him at some point in the future. Uh, we're going to be talking about something I've been really looking forward to. I think you guys have been looking forward to it, too. To some extent, we're talking about Void Elves. The Void Elves, and I think this is probably one of the most polarizing new features that have been added to World of Warcraft. I can't think of one that was more controversial, uh, even the Draenei with their relative retcons and the Blood Elves going horde, because that tripped people up for... That was... that was People didn't see it coming at all, but I think people have now kind of, you know, acclimated to the concept, but I don't think anything has split the fan base over... Uh, over, over Void Elves like this. Can you guys think of anything that's ever been a hot button... Uh, come out of nowhere feature existing oh uh, oh you mean warlords <laughs> were, were battle pets controversial I knew a lot of people who were hating on them and a lot of people who were loving on them yeah oh man okay for me you and Ma. the battle pets for me were like just another thing I didn't really care I was really ambivalent because it was a feature I wasn't going to be taking part of and I find that, that happens a lot I don't care about it. I tend not to think one way or the other about it. Well, no, that's the not. One... Go ahead, Rokan. Sorry. The only one I can think of is well, at least for me, the one I remember being the most controversial was Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, and I'm serious because it. I remember seeing the announcement for Mr. Pandaria, and I love that expansion, by the way. But all I saw, I remember seeing in the forums where you know people bitching like, "Oh, are we gonna be fucking Kung Fu Panda now?" And all this, <laughs> you know, the usual complaints that they give. That was fun because a lot of people. It really sort of helped you identify who was a wow, who was really into the wow storyline, who wasn't, or who had who had been doing Warcraft three and who hadn't, because a lot of people were claiming that we were that Blizzard was copying off of Kung Fu Panda, or it weren't and had no concept that it was actually a joke raised that Samwise Didier had come up on just like some sort of dune hopping trip out in California. Uh, I don't think Samwise intended to have the panda become a canonical race, but I'm I'm glad that they did. I thought Pandaria was well done. I liked it a lot, man. I mean, I was really skeptic at first, just with, you know, the fact that people are able to play Pandaren, but I liked the whole environment, and that was probably my favorite expansion pack they did. Pandaria was probably where Blizzard really started flexing how good they were at world building, because those zones were really immersive, really amazing zones to me. 
Oh, they were incredible, man. Yeah, and then of course they carried over what they learned into Warlords of Draenor, where as much as as much as we can complain about the storyline or the lack of endgame content of Draenor, I don't think anyone has any huge complaints about the leveling up in it or how nice those zones looked. So uh, I also really like the uh, like the starting areas and the cinematics and whatnot involved. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. e- it's easy to, it's easy to see where Blizzard is really um, bringing their A game, and it's always been in the world building and making the World of Warcraft feel alive and explorable and have some real depth to it. And it's always, I think, been their story elements that make people scratch their heads, which is half the reason why we're gathered here to talk about our favorite Void Elves. <laughs> with the Void Elves, uh, I think I think, I think, think the weirdest thing is we want to trust Blizzard with the Void Elves, but we we don't like to have that trust so... I don't know. Uh, test it, I guess. Because this is crazy, the idea of the Void Elves, because I don't think we got so much information about them. But we're going to be talking about a couple of things. We're going to go through what we know, and then we're going to speculate openly, and then we're just going to kind of discuss what, whatever, whatever, whatever we feel like we want to expound on when it comes to the Void Elves. Um, but before we do that. I want to see what I want to try and get a sense of what everyone's first reaction was when you heard about the Void Elves. Starting with, uh, <laughs> I'm, I think Rokon's gonna have the best reaction, so I'm gonna ask him last. Uh, Qualia, right, as our resident elf, what did you think of the Void Elves when you first heard about them? What was the first thing that went through your head? Uh, well, I, uh, I thought it was a joke because I just heard about it at first. I honestly thought it was like they were joking, like one of those April Fools things, but um. Well, it was uh, it didn't it didn't make a lot of sense to me, but at the same time, I'm like, well, okay, well, maybe you know, I get it. They want to put the void elves in there, but how they get there is what I think would make or break it, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, like you could end up with some pretty crazy end results, you know. But yeah. I think a matter of how you get to that point, uh. I don't know, like, you, if you can get there logically, it, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm not happy with it, I'll just put it, put it that, bluntly <laughs> that way, but, um, I think it says a yeah. lot when, uh, a resident, when, when a person who already is playing elves has a poor reception to void elves. Has well, your... I mean, at the same time, like, I get it, like, most people would be like, oh, you're salty because you play Horde. And mm. uh, you want to play the Void Elves? Well, no, that's not really why I was upset about it. You know, I hear and you. And plus, like, make a, a cooler-looking undead-looking elf or something to that extent, <laughs> or 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 whatnot. But because, like, I know there are people upset about Nightborn being horrid. No, oh, yeah. You know, and they may, they've got their reason for that too. And perhaps maybe it is maybe it is a horde bias thing, not liking the Void Elves. I don't know, but definitely. Uh... Uh, Oh. I think me being a shadow priest was more upsetting, having the void elves be a thing, than me just being a, an elf being a thing. That's another thing, and we're gonna get into that in a second. Weasel, what did you think the first time you heard about the void elves? I'm pretty sure as long as you don't hear about Gilblins becoming a sub race, you're pretty okay. But... Well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not the biggest elf guy in the world, as mm-hmm. you may know. I, um, you know, they spit on me when I walk through their city, <laughs> so I'm not super fond of them. <laughs> Though, the inner emo child in me screamed when he saw the Void Elves, because I thought, aesthetics-wise, they looked amazing. 
until it came to mind that, oh, wait, this is, what, the fourth elf, elf we're getting? I have to live in a world with all of these, and then just dread set in, like, I don't want this. Well, what do you think of the night Nightfallen, then? Oh, they're, uh... I think I like them more because they're not just more or less a reskin of the blood of an existing elf. Like, they have their own sort of... They have their own features and characteristics that set them apart. Gotcha. So it's not revulsion to being an elf. It's just a revulsion to maybe the concept and maybe the fact well, that it's too close to something else. I mean, yeah. I've always been very visual when it comes to gaming. Like, mm -hmm. even though I love the story of this game, I will always react to the visuals first and then sort of dive in deeper. And, yeah. um... Yeah. I... Because, because you have a background in, like, game design and modeling, do you have an yeah. appreciation for the Nightfallen because they have a different set of animation and rigging, skin, rigging assets? And does the fact that the Void Elves have the exact same assets except for different textures obviously as the blood elves does that factor into why you gravitate towards one over the other it wasn't so much that they got their own skeletons and uh animations and all that it was more so i like seeing more silhouettes for the game oh um, like i want to be able to look at a party of adventures and feel like it's this really rich fantasy world everyone's coming from a different civilization Enough, Which is that... part of why when I saw the Void Elves, it's like, oh, more, uh, what is this, the third iteration of High Elf? Great. <laughs> Can't wait. Quella, you sound like you were about to throw something in there. Uh, no, I was just pointing out that they muddled the hair. I was just being a little sarcastic. Oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. The hair is so groundbreaking. Okay, hey, I'm gonna have to... It glows, it's glowy hair. Anyways. I'm gonna have to it read out... It is really cool hair. I'm gonna have to read out what Nakla has to say about the Void Elves and who wants me to try and roleplay as a Torrin. No, I'm not going to do that. Nakla, <laughs> what did you think of the Void Elves when you first heard about them? Take a second. I wish you had this. <laughs> His first thought was, you what, mate? That, that's about what I thought. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's right. It's just kind of like a what? When, you, when somebody... Whenever Blizzard announces a, a new expansion, what they want to hear is uproarious applause. And when they announce new allied races, they also want to hear that applause. I think it's like when they heard about the Zandalari trolls and the Dark Iron, I think they got that reaction. And I think when they hear like the Void Elves, some people in the audience, like our boy Nock here, met it with a, what? <laughs> I don't think that's what you're going for. So yeah, you more or less agree with Weege. Uh, the Void Elves are Kelthalas Nada's Mark III. You right? Yeah, you right. It, it, Blizzard, it's getting a little old at this point. Now, we're, it, we're, I do want to talk about the other allied races in separate episodes. And we're going to do a whole thing about the Nightfallen, the Torrin as well. Um, we're going to do the Nightfallen and I think the High Mountain Torrin on their own, maybe with a little bit into the Light Forge, because, nah, we can go ahead and do the Light Forge too. We're going to make that the episode where we talk about the allied races we've already got exposure to. So, mm. we won't get too much into the Nightfallen today, but I think the fact that they come from Suramar and have been distant for 10,000 years is a, is a huge... They come from someplace else. They don't come yeah. from... Yeah. I think that's... Well, a they were point. living as if they were the last beings on Azeroth, weren't they? Yeah, pretty much. So they've got a very different culture to that of the Night Elves, whereas the Void Elves were just banished for being Shadow Priests. They had a, they had a wall that would give Trump the stiffest direction, I think. Uh, that... <laughs> Damn. It's, it's funny how many... 
I'll get into that well, when we get into the. <laughs> Goddamn. I like I, I like the I like the whole all the how often walls come into play when it comes to like subculture like Wakanda in the Marvel Cinematic Universe has this giant wall and it's funny how much how often people poo poo on this concept but it, all the all fantasy and superheroes and sci-fi seem to use it a lot but we'll talk about that in more depth when we get to the night falling. Uh, last but not least, now actually well not no I still gotta give my hot take on the Void Elves. I thought it was dumb. And the first time I, I, my first reaction was, oh Jesus, we're jumping the shark. That we were getting about, we were about to get really, 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 really edgy. That we we were progressing in our edginess from Death Knights to Demon Hunters, to Void Elves. My first reaction was the first thing that went through my head was I already knew I coming from a role playing background I already knew that there were people who weren't gonna live up to the the concept that Blizzard envisioned that I would prefer. For the obvious reasons, for the for the usual the usual culprits doing what they want to do with them, um, because if you're gonna take, I I have this idea of committing to the bit. If you're gonna do something, don't half don't do it as a half measure. Well, see, that's uh, that's one of the reasons I'm really excited for Battle for Azeroth is that we're getting the communities feature. Because uh, yeah. I've always stood on the side of you know you're paying for the game, do whatever the hell you want, and now we yeah. can sort of divvy people up into which aspects of it they want to indulge in which is get a great. better experience it'll going. be very interesting how that goes it's something mm -hmm. like between like those global channels that you can join and guilds it's like guild it's like a, it's like a it's like the best parts of the two you know it's like discord yeah that's gonna be great i can't wait well, yeah that's what we use discord for now yeah yeah but uh yeah you know so, it is a nice feature to kind of go back on the whole commit to the bit i'll explain what i mean by that if the Death Knight is a character, when you step into that character, you are a fallen champion of Azeroth, and you are br brought back to be a champion among the undead for the service of the Lich King, and you have broken your you broken your con the control of the Lich King over you, and now you are just this undead war machine of frost and blood and unholy magic. All the the world, I I, I, I if you consider the world uh, the words of Boulevard Four Dragon. The world of the living can no longer comfort me. That's what I live by when I think of Death Knights and create characters for Death Knights. And that's what I think Blizzard intended. If you're going to be a Death Knight, you better not be showing up smiling at anyone's wedding photos or trying to be anything other than a Death Knight. Does that make sense? If you're a Death Knight, you're a Death Knight. Commit to a bit. And I felt that way about the Demon Hunters too, where... I forget what I, I forget what little line of dialogue I used to sort of hone in on what a de what demon hunter is, but you know you got people who will take who will take these characters and sort of bake it as a half measure. Right, I, 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 I demon hunter is. I see where you're coming from on that, but then there's also the sense of people are relatively limited in what they can choose as a character, and they. Odds yeah. are they have a very specific idea in mind of who their <laughs> character is. And if and Blizzard isn't offering that, they're going to have to sort of stretch the boundaries of what they're given. Yeah. And I'm going to hedge my bets real quick. And I know that anyone who listens to this is going to think that I'm like a roleplay Nazi. I'm not. I really am not. It's your $15 a month. Play the game however you want to play the game and create whatever character you want. I know that I've got a certain idea of what I think the world best looks like. And that differs, that differs from everybody. Uh, but I do want to. I do want to be part of the World of Warcraft, where the Death Knights are Death Knights, the Demon Hunters are Demon Hunters, and the Void Elves are Void Elves. 
And I know that sometimes my own immersion is going to be broken a little bit. So that my first reaction was I already knew that some of my immersion was going to get broken. Fortunately, I'll be playing on the Horde, so the only thing I really had to do is kill these guys. And the reason I saved Rokon for last is because he has not been playing the game since like halfway through World of the Draenor. So we get the unique perspective of somebody who does not know any of the lead-up, has almost none of the context, and I think that can sometimes be the most honest or the most... I think it could be one of the most honest uh, pieces of feedback that Blizzard could get is from their returning members, because certainly they want to try and court their returning members with these features. Rokon, when I told you about the Void Elves, what was the first thing you thought of? Don't be... Keep it PG-13, but tell me what you thought of. Alright, man. No promises, but... I, uh... Honestly... My initial reaction is, it was, you mentioned it to me, and it was like, I'm like, that's kind of, Void Elves, what, you know, what is that? So, it was right after they released, you know, the info for the allied races on their website, and I went on and looked, and I scrolled through all the races, and I was looking at the Void Elves, and I kind of compared to them to what they did for the Horde and the other allied races, and I kind of sat there and thought for a second, and I was like, to me it seemed like, what Blizzard did is with the Lightforge, Draenei, and the Void Elves, they kind of sat there and they were like, well, uh, we don't, um, we're gonna need two more raises for the Alliance, and, uh, well, if you, like, you know what, well, let's just give Draenei yellow eyes, and we're gonna, like, make the Blood Elves a little more blue, and, yeah, that'll be it, that'll be it, and we'll, here's a quick story, run with that. So I kind of had the feeling that they kind of just, like, pulled something out of their ass for it, and I mean, I'm skeptic on the lore, mainly for the Void Elves, which I'm not going to sit here and say, oh yeah, it's going to be awful and it's not going to work. I mean, I'm a little skeptic on it, but to me it just seems like they threw something together at the last second because they really didn't have anything else to give the Alliance. You know what I mean? I completely Yeah, that's actually something I started thinking about just shortly before we started recording this. And uh, yeah, I think a lot of that has something to do with, with appeal for one faction over the other. And we'll certainly get into that. Um, man, oh man, oh man. Oh. Well, and the other thing I was gonna say too was how um, or you know, like was a, or Ouija was saying, you know, it seems like these are a bunch of elves who are banned from Quelthalos just for being shadow priests. It seems to me like the concept of void elves, like they'd be more of a trash mob or a quest mob mm -hmm. than they would a playable race. And it seems to me like it'd be just some side story in the new expansion pack or in the current one uh -huh. that you kind of have to go and deal with, but it's not really a major player to the lore. You know what I mean? I hear you on that. And it, uh, yeah, there's a whole lot to unpack there. And I think getting the impression of somebody who is an outsider on a lot of what we've been doing in Legion is a very earnest way to get some feedback. But yeah. I know that we have. I've, I've been keeping you in a little bit in the dark because I wanted to make. I wanted to see what you thought of this stuff as we were recording. So we're gonna get into everything that we currently know about the Void Elves from their lore and how we got from you know point A to point B. Point B being Battle for Azeroth. Point A being everything in seven point three. Um, and to kind of lead into that, I think it's fair to say that Legion storytelling. Like I, I did just. I did indicate. I did say earlier that Legion storytelling, or that world Blizzard storytelling in general can sometimes leave us scratching our heads. But I don't really think there's anything egregious about the storytelling from the time Legion shipped to the time that we were on the, to like, you know, 7.2 content. What do you guys think? How are, how are you guys with the story up until 7.3? 
Well, I mean, if you can call 1.5 story, I don't know. Oh, right, <laughs> 1.5. Was, was that the whole... That was the uh, Broken Shore Daily storyline, if you want to call it that. I really enjoyed, like, the Suramar stuff before that, though. Um, just leading... Everything leading up to that was really good. Yeah, I'd say. What about the level-up experience when you're going through the zones? I liked... Asuna stood out for me. I really liked flying over with, uh, with, uh, what's his name, Cadgar, and seeing all the Naga on March. I thought that was a striking visual. And I thought that was a perfect way to establish what we were going in that zone to do. I liked probably one of the least popular zones in the game, Stormheim, just because of the whole Viking theme. Who didn't like Stormheim? My only regret is that we lost fucking the, the, the God King too soon. I don't know. I, there was people complaining about navigating around in there, but I was an engineer, so I could just, mm. you know, glide everywhere I needed to go or use my uh, anti-gravity stuff to go up hills and whatnot. People were complaining about that because they couldn't fly in it, and they just wanted to use it as their to build their case. No, Stormheim was amazing. Weijil, what did you think about Stormheim? Um, I I thought it was okay. I thought it got old after a while, well before we finished the story in it. Yeah. Yeah, there just there wasn't a whole lot of variety in the whole Brycool, yeah, uh, sort of like architecture and armor design that we were seeing, right? And it just, as all mobs do, they get stale after a while. So I I wasn't a huge fan of it, but I definitely didn't hate it. Gotcha. Well, just to sort of like bring Rokan up to speed, uh, I think you know most of what some of the storyline was, but when we get when we the Legion story opens up with our defeat at the Broken Shore and the death of Vol'jin, which I'm sure broke your little troll heart, and the death of Varian Rin. A little bit. And uh, then sort of rallying our forces and then getting back onto the Broken the Broken Isles in general with the help of the Demon Hunters to start collecting the, the Pillars of Creation, which were the Aegis of Agrimar, the Eye of Amonthul, the Tears of Elune, the what was the one the water one that Naga were after uh, the Tidestone of Golgoneth and there was one more I think uh, the Hammer of Kazgaroth so all these artifacts so we spent we went through Asuna to get the Tidestone went through High Mountain to get the Hammer we went through uh, Stormheim to get the Shield of Agrimar and then we went through uh, Velshra to get the Tears of Loon. And Suramar was the culminating aspect of that story where we dealt with the Nightborn insurgents in the pursuit to get the Eye of Amonthul. The Eye of Amonthul was ultimately used by Gul'dan to try and open a portal to bring the Legion into Azeroth. And ultimately, he was... Oh, he wanted... I remember now. He wanted to use the Eye of Amonthul to put the soul of Sargeras into Illidan's body. And that was his whole plan. That's why Illidan decided. That's why they decided Illidan needed to come back, was so that we, he could be the, the vessel for Sargeras, and then be, and then have that plan go awry. And that was how he resurrected Illidan. And then Illidan would take us into the Broken Isles, again the Broken Shore, to fight the Legion. And we spent a lot of time there. Oh, that's right. It was it was uh, the whole story focused on sort of like the union of the Order Halls to form the ar the, the the armies of Legion Fall. And we would battle the, the the Legion forces all over there. Not a whole lot of story there, as uh, Qualia indicated. It was mostly about going into the Tomb of Sargeras to close that portal. So that that was that was kind of the that that was the story of 7.2, closing the portal 
in the Tomb of Sargeras, but then Illidan decides he wants to just open the portal up even more so that we have a direct link to Argus. So 7.3 is spent with the somehow the Draenei revealing that they have a vessel called the Vindicar, which I think was the first sign of this being a little crazy. This was another kind of out of nowhere thing where the reason why the Exodar is not floating in place like some like literary there's there's a couple like uh like in novel there are sources and novelizations of Warcraft lore that suggest that the Exodar is fixed it has been repaired it's just floating above ground like the you know like all the other satellite structures in the Tempest Keep in the Eye but now we've been told I think that the reason why the Exodar is not fully repaired is because they've been using all their spare resources to build the Vindicar which is convenient because we've never heard any indication of that before either. So then we go into Argus, we establish a foothold, we use the art, the, the Vindicar is essentially a base camp. Uh, we go in there and we find out the Army of Light needs to be rescued. This is the Army of Light, bear in mind. This is the army comprised of all the survivors of the Legion, even though on the surface they all just look like Draenei. And that's how we discover Turalyon and Illyria. They're on that vessel, I suppose it crashes. I don't know if the, I have all the details set, but uh, we go on Argus, we find Arg we find uh, Turalyon and Lyria, and then we bail them out doing something. I went through the quest line, I don't forget exactly how it goes. I know that we go in and we help out the other members of the Army of Light, and we get introduced to the Light Force Draenei that way, and after activating the light half of the Netherlight Crucible, we kind of go into the Void storyline. And we follow Illyria for a little while as she decides to find the Laywalker and learn the Void again. And then we kind of go through the trials of Illyria, ending in the... What was that, that dungeon? What's the name of that dungeon? It's escaping me right now. Died. Couldn't tell you. I didn't do any. <laughs> That's a bad. That's a bad sign that we can't. That the, the dungeon this is all happening in isn't even that memorable to us. Well, uh, no dungeon is going to be memorable to me. I don't play them. That's true, and that's also the seat of the triumvirate. I'm being, I guess I'm being a little. There nervous. you go. The seat of the triumvirate. We see Illyria become a void elf because she eats the heart of a primordial creature. No, no, she eats the heart of a primordial creature, and then she absorbs the power of a dark Naru. The same Dark Naru, like Muru, which causes so much trouble in Sunwell Plateau, just now takes five adventurers and Illyria. Okay, so that's essentially the story leading up to the Void Elves. Now, this, the lore of the Void Elves themselves, as uh, Qualia sent me the link for it earlier, I'm going to go ahead and read that off. Actually, I'll go ahead and share the screen also. I'll get used to this eventually. Just don't mind me. No problem. Oh, there we go. Screen share was already on. Okay. So I got... Direct your attention to the screen share where I've got the Void Elf page up. It says, Many have sought to harness the corruptive magic of the Void. Most have tried... Most who tried have fallen into madness. Determined to use this power for the good of Azeroth, Illyria is the first mortal to succeed at defying the Shadow's whispers. Coming to the aid of a group of her kin who nearly gave in to the darkness, Illyria has vowed to train these Void Elves to control the Shadows within them and pledge their newfound powers to Azeroth. 
that's at, that was the first bit that we knew about the Void Elves. Now we've known a little bit more. We know who this kin are, and that was, that was one of the bigger problems. Is when we heard that there were these Void Elves who were that they, there were these elves who were delving into the void. We didn't know a lot about who they were or where they were. And the first thing I thought they would be, you know, were like a group of elves who had already been outcasted. Right. And then we found out that. I mentioned with the Vindicar, I don't like things that sort of come from behind. I don't know where with no with no illusion anywhere else. Like with the Demon Hunters, we've known about Demon Hunters for a long time. The fact that they got announced as a playable race is not a is a playable class is not a surprise. Hearing about the Void Elves is a surprise because we got no indication that they were anywhere else at all. We'll even go through the other the other allied races real quick. High Mountain Torin, we spent an entire questing experience with them. The Light Force Draenei were mainstay characters for the duration of 7.3. Right. Uh, the Nightborn we spent uh, the entirety of Suramar with and after the fact. And the Zandalar has been both allies and enemies. And the Dark Iron are technically already part of the Horde. I'm sorry, well, the both Alliance. both of those races have been both allies and enemies. That's a good well, point. Yeah, so. Well, it's like a thing of, at least what I think, is... A lot of the already most of the allied races, like you were saying, you know, the Zandalari and the Dark Irons, it makes a lot of sense for them to be in the Horde. Same with the High Mountain Torin. I still think the Lightforge Draenei, they're kind, it's kind of just thrown together because Blizzard really didn't have anything else they could come up with. But I mean, still, it makes sense that they'd be with the Alliance. And then the Void Elves, like I said, even more like as you uh, read this off. It just seems like it's just thrown together. It's like, oh, we need, you know, one more slot to fill for the Alliance, so let's put Void Magic on Elves, and mm -hmm. that'll be that. We'll call it a day. Now, we know a little bit more about the Void Elves, and also Qualia is thrown in in the Discord chat. Darkon Drathir. Yeah, we knew that he was in exile. We knew but he wasn't delving with Void Magic, was he? Apparently he was. Oh, they've retconned that too, huh? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was that necromancer back in the Ghostlands. So he's let's, let's, so he's also he's a he's uh, an agent of the Scourge who is a necromancer, and apparently he was also delving with void magic. I think that's cheap to say that this character from years ago. I mean, I know here's, that here's the quote. Hold on. Yeah, if you got uh, that master, this this master or magister uh, Umbrick is just that mystery NPC. Yeah. It seems, so we were, seems we were not the first of our people seeking to harness the void. I found notebooks belonging to uh, one whose uh, very name is a curse, Drakkar Drathir. So. For those of you who don't remember who Darkon Drathir is, there was a manga that was released shortly before, I think, the uh, Wrath of Lich King expansion that detailed how it was Silvermoon fell. Now, those of you who played Warcraft 3, it's not as simple as Arthas marching in and destroying the Elf Stone Gates, or the Elf Gate Stones, whatever they were called, that allowed their barriers to fall. Uh, even more barriers, imagine that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> apparently, it was an inside job. Darkon Drethir had been approached by the Scourge and was convinced to sabotage something. I don't exactly remember what his role was, but it was because of him that the Scourge were able to so handily destroys Silvermoon City. He did make an appearance in the Burning Crusade as a as like the guy to kill in the Ghostlands. The big bad for the Blood Elves. He was the antagonist of the Blood Elf story before they joined the Horde officially. Now he's a Void Elf. So now, in now, so now I think after years after the fact, ten years after the fact, 
to say that he was dabbling in this stuff, that the, that the Void Elf studies are the ones that he was making, I think that's cheap as hell. Let's compare and contrast that to another another big name in Void Magic that we got introduced to recently, and that is Natalie Celine. Who knows who Natalie Celine is and who doesn't? Not is that the DeviantArt character, the OC character? I don't it, think so. Is that a she... Really? Is she a, is she a DeviantArt character? Tell me that's not true. No, no, no. I'm just trying to figure out if she's the one that I was you're thinking of. Oh, no, no, no. Natalie, I don't know who she is. Uh, well, Natalie Celine is a was a human priestess during I think the first or second war, and she delved into shadow magic. Then she built a very small cult, the cult of the Forgotten Shadow, around her exploration of the of, of these dark forces. Uh, the cult of the Forgotten Shadow has been a thing since at least Vanilla WoW, I believe. It was the Faith of the Forsaken. It was mentioned a couple times at the decanonized uh, Warcraft RPG books, but you know, the Forsaken. Okay, I remember her now. Yeah, the Forsaken. The, the priest campaign. Exactly. So the Forsaken have always followed it as their priesthood for those who felt like the light abandoned them. And I know some people get kind of confused and think that the Forsaken also practice the faith of light. It's Yeah, some of them do. Most of them don't. Yeah, and even non-priest characters can follow the cult of the Forgotten Shadow. When I was writing some of Dayon's story... Like there's a there was a very ins there's a there's a there's a dark cleric who is instrumental in helping him find himself as a forsaken, um, but comparing and contrasting the idea that dark undraft fear has been practiced in the void and we never knew about it and revealing the the the, the leader of you know the cult of the forgotten shadow is we already knew that these were there the cult of the forgotten shadow has been there and the specific details of their teachings have always been there. Uh, we knew what Natalie Celine was teaching her people, even though we only ever got a name attached to this faith sometime after the fact. So it makes sense that it, introducing Natalie Celine as the leader of the Cult of Forgotten Shadow is fine, because we knew somebody had to, had to have started it, and we never knew who. And now with Drakondra Thir, dark, for Drakondra Thir to just sort of flippantly say that he was also studying this thing means that you could really apply that to any anything. You could say that he was delving into nature magic if you wanted to. You could say that he was delving into light magic if you wanted to, because as long as you can always revisit a dead character and add some aspect of their history that was never mentioned beforehand, it's all good. Well, is the whole deal with the Void Elves that these are Blood Elves who they'd been dabbling in this magic, you know, since... Or let's say since the Burning Crusade, and they were exiled, but it wasn't really spoken about... Or is this that during Legion, there was a group of Blood Elves that were dabbling in the Void Magic, and now all of a sudden they're being worked into the story? What, how did it, like, what's the genesis of how this appeared? Well, we'll get into that, because that's part of what lore came after the fact. Um, the reality is that, um, not, when they said that there were some Blood Elves, ex when they said that there were some exiled Blood Elves, nobody really knew what group they came from, or the timeline from which it happened. So there were two schools of thought. The school one school of thought was, well, this has always been happening, and so you know it's just something that Lorthamar has always been has always been doing. Void elf users had been exiled for has throughout uh, blood elven society. And my contention of that was there was no reference to it. Lorthamar had not demonstrated any such practices um, for some had, at any point in the past, and now. <laughs> Quali was thinking of Lillian Voss, I hear you. That's uh, what I meant by the DeviantArt character. Oh my god, I hate Lillian Voss. My, my original content. <laughs> Whatever. As far as the, the Blood Elves who are exiled, 
that would be, again, people weren't sure. I thought that they were had been exiled throughout the course of the Blood Elves' time with the Horde, and so that was something I found egregious because there was no reference to it. And I think it's cheap to say that a character has always and has always been doing something, and then say that, and then to introduce it out of nowhere when there's been no reference to it. And some people think that well, it's it's got to be something that's going to happen after Legion. Well, it's either you got to invent something to justify it that didn't exist before, or you got to retcon it in some kind of way. Exactly. I think those are not the greatest story ways. Th those are not the greatest ways to tell any kind of story. Is to invent it because if isn't that Deus Ex Machina when you invent something to justify something as you described? I mean, yeah, it is. Yeah. If, it's not, if it's not worked out logically, where it's planned out, where it's like you can put the pieces together to logically come to the conclusion, yeah, you're just inventing these ad hoc solutions for things. Gotcha. Well, that is with the blood elf or the blood elf necromancer from the Ghostlands. That is actually like you're saying in a. Uh, Example of Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, that's some balls. I'm still, dude. I'm skeptical on this on the Void Elf thing. I think it's like I said. I think it's just thrown together, you know, because they have nothing else that they can. Or at least they ran out of ideas, or I have no idea. But it's you know. Could have had I'm Wild Heart, but now you can't have two new dwarfs. Yeah, that's yeah. that's just so crazy. That's too much. But what we know about the Void Elves now is that. It's uh, the exile apparently happened shortly after Legion. Uh, I think Illyria, I forget what the story steps are, but Illyria will go out. Illyria goes to I think treat with Lorthamar for some reason. What exactly is it that happens when you meet Umbric? That must be Umbric. Oh, Void Elf quest chain. Illyria tracks. Oh, Stormwind Embassy dialogue. Void Elf quest chain. She tracks down Umbric. Illyria goes to the Ghostlands, the place of the Windrunner family home, and she traces Umbric's path through the zone. She finds clues of his, which provide short flashbacks to Umbric learning more about the Void. Okay. Do you remember, do you have the quest, uh, do you happen to know where the dialogue is of Lorthamar kicking these guys out? Because that's what I was looking for, and I thought that's what this page had. Let me just Google that up real quick. Void Elf Lorthamar dialogue. Oh my goodness, right on your blog, huh? <laughs> okay, alright, this isn't exactly it, but this is essentially uh, Qualia's rendition of it. Let me switch to my desktop so I can show this off. Just don't scroll down too far. I won't. <laughs> <You're>, I, <laughs> I declare all Shadow Magic users banned from the city. I obviously know, do not mean you guys, referring to Kul'Tira and the Death Knights, or you guys, Elven Shadow Priests in general. I mean, do you guys really want me to kick out this poor wall? Is that a is that a, a blood elf child? Yeah. With the <laughs> it's too cute to kick out, obviously. <laughs> oh my god. So okay, we have. Any, any okay, anytime you have new lore where it sort of kind of undoes the qualities of another character in order to justify itself. I find it particularly egregious. Lothamar is a great character, and we finally got to see Lothamar in action for Miss Pandaria and be a hero, be a frontline soldier, get to lament about how he doesn't like to be a politician and just wants to kick ass on the front lines. And now we see that he is being a very big hypocrite as far as how he wants to uh, exile some people for using shadow magic and not others. Why is that? Why would he do that? Because plot! 
Well, we've seen a lot of sort of unwanted character changes this expansion. Like, we had Taranda turn into that sort of yeah. bitchy, I don't like my elves. Kinda. Did you guys see that meme where it's like Lord Thamar, it's like of like Tarandi and uh, Tarandi and Malfurion talking like that once, like the last episode of Game of Thrones last season? Like it was uh, Cersei and Jamie speaking. I don't think I've don't seen think that. So. Oh my uh, god, I'm gonna have to dig that up later, but I want to get back on topic because I know Rokon is a little short on time. Um, so we know that the Void Elves are Blood Elves who practice Void Magic and then got yes. kicked out of the city arbitrarily because of plot. And I mean, maybe that's not such a big... Deus Ex Machina. Yeah, Deus Ex Machina. No kidding. But... Goodness gracious. There were better ways to put them on the Alliance side than that. I yeah, think. people thought that people were hoping against hope that these were high elves who would be who were going to be void elves. High elves, wretched, uh, literally just alliance scum that wanted to join the alliance. You know. Yeah. Well, see, I, I even thought high elves would be would make more just general high elves would make more sense to be on the alliance than void elves. And I mean, it, I get it because it's kind of hard. Like the in-game models, it's hard to distinguish. High elves from blood elves because they use the same model, but still, because is it in what the eastern plague lands or is it high elf stronghold that's alliance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they, they yeah, all became wretched. Yeah, but they, yeah, they all got taken over eventually. I'm gonna take credit for the idea that they could have been wretched and should have been wretched. I think that was a pretty good one because that would be, uh... you think about it, it satisfies everything. A group of elves who obviously need some help. Illyria could have come in and been the savior. We also found out through the Nightborn that people who are, you know, that the, 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 the wretched, what were, what were their wretched? Their mana-starved addicts that Runus became. The mindless guys. The, the withered, withered. Yeah. Thank you very much. The withered could be redeemed. You know, we saw, we saw art, we saw uh, first Master Thalistra go through her fucking withdrawals, scratching and shit. She came back looking better than ever. But then you have with the with the with the wretched you have the argument that they're too far gone. That there's no way. I would I would have been more okay with saying that Illyria found a way to restore them even though they're too far gone than saying that they're blood elves who became traitors. But well, you can't make them uh, high elves and have a unique model because you just have to make them skinnier, weaker, less yeah. handsome blood elves. Can't have that. So we know that Illyria, after they get kicked out, Illyria goes and helps them. Let's see if there's anything more that we can glean from there storyline and the dialogue apparently I'll switch the desktop for this one <clears throat> apparently Illyria tracks down Umbrick and goes through a series of flashbacks Magister Umbrick says our void experiments are proceeding well it's always experiments I'm certain that we are on the cusp of a breakthrough despite Romoth's small minded protest so even okay Romoth was aware of this and didn't like it the Grand Magister must understand that this power is crucial to the defense of Silvermoon. Never again shall the Cinderay fall prey to our enemies. Unfortunately, it seems our research has reached an impasse. I believe that there is knowledge that the Andelian estate that will springboard us forward. And there's a second flashback where Darkon is mentioned specifically. There it is. Illyria talks to the player where they go to the Dawnstar Spire. And then there's another flashback. Drathir's quest for power led him to seek the fragments of an ancient world, one teetering on the brink of the void itself. His note said it existed within a rift of the very fabric of reality. And he never found this place, but I have succeeded where he failed. Because of course you did. We need to show that you are a character who is capable of doing good things and succeeding at something. To ingratiate yourself to- okay, that sounds too bitter. 
Drathar believed his failed rift had an held an ancient object of unspeakable might. Perhaps this will be the key that allows us to gain control over the shadows. Oh man, I swear, if this is... If their control over the void is all tied into this MacGuffin, I'm going to be upset. Then you Apparently I made more than one comic on the Void Elves. I forgot about this one. Oh god, let's take a look at this one. There's just a meme. Oh, I love this one though. Check this out. <laughs> That's pretty good. Valeria, you thieving. <laughs> That's so awesome. Oh my god. Okay. I made this. My goodness. So then, after meeting Umbrick, they have a discussion. That must be Umbrick. Elyria Wonder, how did you? My, what an unexpected honor. And I, I don't, I don't doubt the fact that anybody meeting Elyria would be a high honor. She is kind of important. Nether Prince Durzin encounter, and then I guess we. Oh, Nether Prince Durzan is a character that wants to claim the Void Elves as his own. That's a lot of fun. In this combat dialogue, we defeat Nether Prince Durzan. I get, I. I'm going to assume on that name that he is some kind of an ethereal. And I'd it, say so. Then they make Better the, enough, Dean. Then they make a pledge to the Alliance. And they join the Alliance, and eventually you get your heritage set. As one does. As one does. So, let's run through the the let's go all the way back to the Night Elves and talk about how they got here. You have the Night Elves after fighting the Legion. Some of them some of them G-quit the Night Elves to go be High Elves in, in Silvermoon. So they've already G-quit one time. They join the Alliance for the Second War, and then G-quit the Alliance to be on their own, and then get fisted during the Third War. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so they've already G-quit twice. They join the Alliance again, uh, so that Kael'thas can kind of help his people survive, and then he G-quits to join Illidan's team. Then he G-quits Illidan's team to serve the Legion. That's four G-quits total. Oh, no! The G-quit is actually the, vo the the elves that do not want to be part of Kalthus's group. That's how we get to where we are now. They join Illidan's uh -huh. group, and then they, they G-quit from Kalthus because he's doing that shit. It's still a fourth, fourth yeah, G-quit. Yeah, we're the rebels. Yeah, so it's still a fourth G-quit. Now right. that they're blood elves, this is a group that has G-quit one more time to be Void Elves and join the Alliance. So, the Alliance are taking a group that turned their backs on them before, and these are a group of Elves who are particularly keen on dropping their allegiances. I don't... That's the one thing they're loyal to, is being disloyal. Yeah. What was that uh, dialogue? Remember in uh, Pandaria, where after... Oh, yeah. uses the Blood Elves as cannon fod uh, fodder, you're talking to Lorthamar and Silvermoon, and... What does he say? He says, we're gonna, uh, if this continues on, we're gonna have to reconsider old alliances. Yeah, he does say yeah. that. And I don't think that's exactly... It's pretty un in character, I guess. I don't think it's unjustified. Well, Garrosh was making no, no secrets about the fact. He was just throwing the Blood Elves at all their problems. He just wanted to sacrifice Blood Elves' lives because he didn't want Orc lives to be wasted on exploration stuff. Clearly. I mean, eh, it's in character for Garrosh, it's in character for Lorthamar, but these Elves in particular, eh... At this point, we're just bagging on the elves. We're we're being critical of lore as we go through it. I think that's fair to say. I think it's totally fine, man. I mean, we're all you know, fan, we're massive fans of this game, so yeah. I don't yeah. see why not. I think if we can understand the weak points of all this lore, 
Blizzard certainly must understand the weak points of this lore, and it makes me think they have to have a very good reason for it, and I think I know what that reason is. We'll get into that for a little bit, and uh, Rokon, if you, if, yeah, if, since we're, you got about 10 more minutes to hang around, let's just briefly talk about the characters involved in this mess. We're going to start with Illyria. Who, who did play Warcraft 2 and really, really liked Illyria? Did anyone here play Warcraft 2? No. I did, and I can yeah, I hardly remember. I don't, even, I don't remember her at all. No, yeah, she was I a big deal. Like, Zuljin was a, one of my favorites. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, thought uh, I, was I don't a... remember Illyria really from the game. Do you remember her, Rokan? I thought she was a big deal. It was a long deal. time ago, man. Oh, that's true. I mean, I think of the game she was. I mean, dude, I've been played. I've been played Warcraft two since. I can't even remember when the last time I was. I was way, way younger when I played it. I honestly couldn't tell you. I remember some of the characters being in there, but I don't remember how, you know, they fit in the story or, you know, mm. how they were developed throughout the, the game. Same. So you got no you guys have it's no been way too long. So you guys have no particular attachment to her as a character as No, just for like the, the no. splash screen is my attachment. I'm like, oh, thousands of years they've been missing. Oh. I that's, see. Because uh... <laughs> there are I mean, it's not it's not crazy to say that there are characters that we remember very fondly from our pasts, stories that we experienced. Like Star Wars, for example, those characters are very memorable for a whole host of different reasons, and so to finally see them again, and, you know, depending on whether or not you feel like they're being mistreated is another thing, but those who feel like they're being mistreated are feeling, you know, a particular kind of betrayal because these, those characters meant something. And I'm sure for some people, Illyria and Turalyon and Lothar from the first game mean so much to these characters that seeing them come back is meant to be an exciting thing. Um, I didn't play Warcraft 2 myself. I've got no attachment to Illyria, but I know who she is as a character. I know that she is one of the three mainstays of the mili of the uh, of the Thalasian military as either candidates of being Ranger General, very close to the role. Sylvanas obviously was the one who was Ranger General before her death, but it could have been Valyria. It could have been Illyria, Valyria. Um, but I knew who she was as a character. I knew why she was important. I didn't know the specifics of her heroics during the Second War, but I knew that at some point she was going to come back because they keep people people keep wanting her to come back. I guess. I thought I I, I develop I have this idea, and it's probably I'm probably not the first person to have thought of it. Um, but it's the Half-Life 3 syndrome, you know, where the anticipation for something will not be able to meet the, 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 the mounting anticipation for something means that upon its release or its, or its return cannot possibly live up to the standard it's set for itself. Or, but that's it, a, that game doesn't exist, though. So. I know, I know. But it's the idea that that's why that game doesn't exist, because people are people are, look forward to Half-Life 3 so intently that even if Half-Life 3 were to come out next year, it would not live up to the hype that people have built around it because it's Half-Life 3. Or there's the other reason why there's no Half-Life 3. It's because Gabe is making so much money off the Steam sales. So <laughs> if you take that same logic and apply it to Blizzard, that maybe they're making so much money off of those uh, Overwatch loot boxes that uh, they don't need to make lore. I don't know. I, I mean, some people think that's, that... That's not a bad theory, man. It really isn't. Maybe. For me, the legend has become larger than the possibility. I think, Nakala, I think you hit that nail on the head, and I think that is exactly what we got with Turalyon and with Illyria. I think that their return was so hyped that no matter what Blizzard did with those characters, it was not going to live up to that hype. And I don't particularly think that Illyria has lived up to that hype, 
but I'm not someone who was too hyped for her in the beginning. I will say that I do not if any part of me wanted Trillian did for you, I guess. I think Trillian is the mightiest whitey, but that's just me. Uh, whatever whatever I whatever I anticipated Illyria doing when she came back, if it was anything at all, it was not going to be this. And I think that this is not a particularly good development for her character. I don't like the ham-fisted use of symbolism and tropes that are involved to make it work. Uh, I and it, that's just more because I like the more down-to-earth characters anyway. I've never really gravitated towards the characters who are literally walking conduits of some cosmic force. Um, but if there's anything that if there's anything positive we can say about this direction for Illyria, is there is there anything positive that we can say, or do we have to really strain ourselves to do so? She's hot. <laughs> I want to go with that one. Yeah. So she's I mean, attractive. <laughs> yeah, that's. That's about all I got. I mean, that uh, I kind of like what you're saying, Dayon, is I, I get more attached to characters that are, you know, like you're saying, a lot more down-to-earth and realistic. Yeah. The ones who are these, you know, unbelievably, co um, you know, cosmically powerful I characters. I like in, in the chat, too. <laughs> they're, well, they're kind of boring to me, I guess. And it was like I was saying to you um about the lore, like, two weeks ago, yeah. where... I'm not really into the idea of, you know, my character traveling to Argus and being able to destroy all these real powerful demons, because to me that's kind of boring, because it's like, oh yeah, you know, he's all powerful now, I I kind of prefer, you know, my character and a lot of the characters we play personally is just, you know, more middle ground, mm -hmm. and you know, they have that averageness to them, and you know, they're tough for who they are, but they're not, you know, godlike, or they're not these, you know, cosmic entities. Right. That's probably the worst thing about the uh, third Matrix movie, or well, well, second one, honestly. Ever since he became the one, the movies were boring. Yeah. Uh, Superman fighting Zod, that's a snore, even though the whole world's blowing up while they're doing it. He's like, well, I think two invincible things fighting each other, this isn't really that fun. The biggest thing I... The biggest thing I, the biggest criticism I heard about that particular movie was that of the of just the wanton collateral destruction that was happening at the same time. You watch superhero movies because you want to see someone being heroic and super and being ideal and being greater than life, but you don't want this. It was almost negligent how much damage and death was going on during that fight in the most recent movie. And I get that that's something that they want to sort of take in the. Anyway, we're not talk, we're not here to talk about this. And I know Rokon is short on time. Um, have thought we try to get it back. Okay, actually, it has something to do with your character, Rokon. Rokon, you play a shaman. Your character is very power. Your character is a conduit of the very primordial forces of Azeroth itself. You're tapped into the spirit of the world. You can wield fire, earth, water, and air, as if you were a walking extension of Azeroth itself. Does your character contrast with the kind of character that Illyria is, and why do we like shamans more? And when I say we, I mean this panel here. Why are we easy, Why is it easier for us to accept shamans, and why do we revel? Why do, why are we reviled by characters like Illyria? Sappy boy. Well, I think it's more of I'm not saying I'm like you know reviled by the power the character has, or you know the. It's more the lore behind it, and what I'm saying is just it's more the you know how we're saying the lore is real ham-fisted and thrown together. I'd say that's more of it, but at least for me, you know, like you're saying, you know, my the character I play and who a lot of other shaman role players play, 
it's they do have that power and they're they're an extension, but they have their limits. Like Rokon, my character, he is a master shaman, but he just can't sit there and you know machine gun fire lightning bolts. He'll drain himself out, and he you know won't be able to fight. He still has to you know no hand-to-hand combat he still has to know how to fight with a sword or an axe because mm-hmm. he can't just sit there and you know like i said volley out lightning bolts and you know fireballs and whatnot because he'll expend his power and it's a thing of i think too what i'm saying with the caught with you know not really being attracted to you know these cosmic like characters is the ones who become you know ultimately powerful and if they're going that way with illyria it's the ones when they turn, you know, Illidan into this, you know, almost godlike being, or, you know, like, even Sargeras, too. It's like, well, I mean, it's kind of cool, I guess, but, you know, it's he's kind of boring. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? And I just had a thought, and I think this is the big difference between shamans and whatever Void Illyria is. Rokon has to play by a series of rules. He has to entreat exactly, him. He has, yeah. to, he has to ingratiate himself to the elements, and the elements can decide to turn that power off whenever they want. He's got to live a life of reverence and respect. And we saw what happens when the elements refuse you and you decide to force it. You become a dark shaman and the elements are corrupted in the process. Air becomes poison, water becomes fetid. You know, all, all the things that we saw under Garrosh's rule with the dark with the dark shamans is what you get when you force the elements. And the fact that they lost that war, you could say that the the way that shamanism is supposed to be is the stronger way. And so Rokon is bound to a force that is greater than himself. For Illyria to be what she is, well, let's just take a look at what the uh, at what the Void Elves said. Void uh, somewhere it said Illyria. Illyria Windrunner is the first mortal to succeed at defying the shadows' whispers. And you know, however that reads, it's it's it makes sense. She's that more powerful than whatever the Void <laughs> power is. She has changed. Yeah, she's changed the game, and you could say that she has broken a previous rule to make a new rule. That yes, the shadow can be indefinitely resisted. And previously, it was all meant to be a matter of time. So Illyria has changed the game to be what she is. Rokon is playing by a series of rules, and <laughs> I just realized some people might get confused. Rokon's character is named Rokon, and not, that's that's different from the actual Rokon in lore. And the what is it? The, the the logic there is that more than two people can be named Tom, so therefore more than two people yeah. can be named Rokon. Okay. Well, kind of off topic, but funny story with that. I used to this this never happened on Warmerest Accord, but when I played on Sisters of a Loon, yeah, I would get whispers from random people all the time, and they'd be like. Hey, you can't use that name or roleplay with that name. Rokon's already a major lore character, and I'd be like, "Well, what's what's your real name, dude?" And they'd be like, "Well, my name's you know like Matt or Keith." And it's like, "Well, how many are you the only Matt or the only Keith in the world?" Yeah, yeah. I get that thought process. It is. Te- I think it is technically against the TOS. You're not supposed to use those names, but I don't give a shit. I like Rokon. As I mean, Rokon. mine. It's not the same name. It's two Ks, not one K. So. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm good. Hey, I'm good. Actually, let's Suck let's direct Blizzard. let's direct our attention to the the worst possible haircut they could have given for the male Void Elf on the splash page. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, Spider Man three haircut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some of their hairstyles are good. I'll I'll admit they got some really good facial hair, but this. Why? That dude looks like he needs like some black room glasses and some you know pretentious IPA to carry around. My goodness. Anyway, well, Rokan, I know you said you had to get out of here at about seven. It's currently seven o three. So if you got some place to be, I should let you get on with it. I'd love to have you around and be our resident zappy boy. But hey, I don't want to 
take any more time than is given. I want to be the resident happy boy, so, but yeah, I have music to learn, and I gotta eat dinner, and then I got classes at, like, 9 tomorrow, so I'm gonna have to get out of here, but, um, yeah, we'll just, we'll keep this going at some point. Hell yeah, dude, I'll let you know when the next one is, and if you can come to that. We're no longer gonna, I really wanted to get all of you guys into this one, because this is our first one that I intend to go public, so I'm glad that you guys are all here. Next time, I'm not going to be hounding you guys so much about it. Anyway, have a good rest of your night, dude. All right, man. Good talking to you guys. See you, man. Sign it off. Bye. Bye. Later. Okay. Thank Swear. God, he's finally gone. <laughs> he's going to hear that. Oh, shit. Oh. Oh. Oops. Actually. Oh, man. You were giving our program away. Actually, well, no. I still have the Bondcast on OBS. I, I I made a I made a scene for it. So right now we're switched over to the Bondcast splash screen. I'm really happy I did that and figured that out. Okay. So you're gonna uh, cut all this out, right? Yeah. Uh, no. The audio is oh. still in there. So with Illyria, a lot of things. I understand that Blizzard likes to do the unexpected. We'll talk a little bit more about why that might be the driving factor in this whole production of Void Elves. But is, is it better to? build upon the, what you already know about the character or is it better to just completely throw them throw them elsewhere what do you guys think Ooh. was this really the best story we could have had with Illyria I think it's just better to have a logical progression with things so you can kind of you know like you can just throw things in there and they come yeah. from nowhere they're like ooh you didn't see that coming did you I was like well no I didn't, I didn't see like an elephant falling through my ceiling but you know yeah. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to direct our attention once again towards that awesome little comic that you made. The I made this comic because I think I would have been okay with this entire storyline if it were anyone else but Illyria. Anyone else but Illyria, I would have been okay with it because it has. Illyria seems to prove that the best person for using the void is a blood elf, high elf, hunter. Not a shadow priest of any kind. You know that's that's fair. It is. It's kind of a weird choice that a hunter is becoming the sort of beacon of this race of magic wielder. Especially mm -hmm. after like the the crappy. I don't, don't want to say crappy because I still like the the class campaigns, but compared to the other ones, the hunter one was pretty weak. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't get. It was basically like our end boss was like, oh, uh, go fight this thing, this demon that our mages can't fight because he has uh, magic hounds, and yeah. uh, the mages can't fight that. Oh, was it a car? The, the hounds master? Yeah, it was. Oh my god! See, they wasted him. That, that was our big bad. He would have been. He could have been such a cool character, but they just didn't do anything with what they already had on him. I don't even remember what the warrior uh, order hall big bad was, but. Mm, man. Oh yeah, sorry. Spoilers, by the way. This oh, whole, this whole podcast spoilers. Oh, that's right. I'm gonna put a. I'll have, we'll have to edit a quick forward <laughs> on there. Um. So who who did man? There was a two hour, you know, thousand years of war audio book that they released for this. Who listened to that? I didn't listen to all of it, but I gave the first few uh, chunks of it a good go. Yeah. Are you laughing at me? I, 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 I'm laughing at something Nakula said. I will be screaming this into the uncaring space between the stars until the final server of WoW goes down. The void is inherently bad. The light is inherently good. I agree. And uh, let's let's delve a little bit into those of you, oh. Nakula or Qualia. Did you guys listen to Thousand Years of War? No, I did not. Okay. 
Okay, so Nakla, you can remind Nakla. Help me if you remember any of it. Make help me make sure that I remember it the way I think I do. It starts off with Torelli and Illyria, uh, with the dark portal closed behind them, and they're stuck on Outland, and they just wander for a little bit. Then they get the sense that something is pursuing them, something invisible or stealthy is pursuing them, and out of nowhere, Lithraxian comes down to them and explains that he's a member of the Army of the Light and recruits them. Like, out of nowhere. Meaning that if Lothraxian was not already looking for them, they probably would not have been found. <laughs> like, he needed to explain it. Um, you could say that Lothraxian was able to find them because they were they were able to find that demon that was pursuing them. Or something. But, yeah, he's got golden fire everywhere. It's a little ambiguous. It's, it's not exactly ambiguous what he's part of, but... That... Somebody told me that the that the Thousand Years of War audiobook would explain everything to me, and it really didn't change my mind about what I already thought about the Void Elves. Um, but it seems like it seems like a contrived convenience that if Lothraxian did not appear before Tyrell and Illyria, they would not have gotten off of Outland. And I think they spent like day, only a few days on Outland, if that. I think uh, I think Tyrellian mentions having to sleep like one time in order to rest up or something like that, but it was a very short period of time they were on Outland. Am I being too critical, guys, or does that feel contrived to you as well? Uh, I don't think so. I think that's a fair position to hold. Sorry, I'm having, like, an allergy attack and sneezing up the storm. <laughs> You're fine. Oh, man. Knowing about the... A note about the Velves. Take time. The Velves. Oh. I'm not gonna love seeing them everywhere. Velves. Velves. It sounds like a lady part. <laughs> Dude. It does. But I agree with what Nakala just said. Nakala's talking about the idea that time twists differently in the twist and nether. And I agree. Twisty, timey-wimey. I don't watch Dr. Who stuff. I don't watch Dr. Who stuff either, but I do think that that was particularly effective, and I think it makes a lot of sense. It's something that we draw on in, re in our own world, too. People have theorized that time works differently in different parts of space. In well, our I own, mean, it, it is physically. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is part of physics. Yeah, it, once you're moving at the nearing the speed <laughs> of light and, and whatnot. The fucking oh, dude, did you just make? Did you just make? Yeah, that? I just, I just made that. <laughs> oh fuck, that's some good shit. Oh wow! <laughs> if anyone just only has audio, it's uh, Peter yeah. Parker from Spider-Man Three, but he's all blue. Oh my god. He's a Void Elf. He's a he's a Velf. <laughs> he's a Velva. Velf. He's a Velves. If you if you pronounce the E, it does sound like Velva. Velves. Velves. Velvets. <laughs> so wait. <laughs> oh my goodness. More about the matter of movement and spheres and shit. Not sass, but yeah, it was yeah, related to the whole astrological vision. Anyway, there was a phase used about the light and the void. A phrase a phrase used about the light and the void. Yeah. Um, the twist and nether we all knew was going to be weird because it was cosmic and so we're okay with the rules being broken there like the yeah and that's like where demons would go through and stuff there was lots of weird stuff going on there yeah that's fine uh, the, the explanation that they were out there for thousands of years and they needed to light forge Turalyon to make him spam those stuff I'm fine with that that's all good I'm okay with that no problems there um, but I think about halfway through the adventure Illyria fucks off for like 500 years to learn the shadow which means she's had plenty of time. And how convenient is it that that 500 years, while we've only... 
it's only been like 10 years for us well five years i guess if it's cut in half like if 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 a thousand years is 10 years i mean 500 years is maybe five years who knows we don't really know that's she, still a fair few years yeah she quantifies it at 500 years in whatever sense of time that means to her so i think it's uh convenient that this character <laughs> it's awful convenient to me that this character who has to be the first mortal to to conquer the void had this 500 years on the side in order to do so when the rest right. of us did not it makes sense i see what they're yeah. do i see what they're doing i think it's awful convenient and i'll go ahead i'll at towards when we're, when we're finished wrapping up exactly what it is when we're when we're done talking about the thousand years of war i'll talk about why i think it's awful convenient um so zara Zara does not like the shadow, and you know after Turalyon is introduced to Zara, Turalyon is like, "Oh, I'm gonna go ahead and be Lightforged. This this sacred ritual of light that is the des is my destiny." Illyria, yeah, Illyria does not get the light because for some reason she does not think that she it is her destiny. I don't I don't know if she has any reason to suspect that it's her destiny other than he's required to. But eventually she does she does get light powers at some point because she's on. Uh, this planet where she encounters a void creature who invades her thoughts and gives her visions and echoes and I it distinctly says that she calls down a flash of light to vanquish this creature and that's when she decides that she needs to go pursue the shadow and fucks off for about 500 years I might be getting the details of that wrong but I think that's about the way the story of it was written and Nako's pining in, saying, "The light seeks one path and shuns all others as lies, while the while the void seeks every possible path and sees them all as truth." Though Loc through Locust Walker's training, Alira was able to de to see destiny that both the light and shadow could not see. Oh, so she's playing by even more different rules. With the, okay, we already have disciplined priests. That's true. That's fair. But I think that disciplined priests are meant to, that they're still bound to the void of the light and shadow. They're not bound to some unnamed third plane that they're both blind to it's like you can only if you're within the realm of the light and shadow then you're bound to those constraints too aren't you or uh, i don't know i don't necessarily think that it's the uh i think it's i think it makes it sound like Illyria is breaking more rules to see things that neither force can see i think we're going to get a lot better explanations now that christy golden is in a writing spot at blizzard you think oh, so? I hope so i'm actually I kind of looking so, forward yeah. to it yeah here's well oh this is a steaming pile of crap for her to deal with she's got to unwind all this now that can be yeah, difficult but i have i don't have a doubt in my mind that she can do it and she can do it well yeah i used to be super i used to not like her a whole lot because she would always throw her like you know characters in to stuff but oh I'm... would she <laughs> but yeah, sometimes she would just name off that a warlock was in the background, and that was her nod to her own character, and I used to be critical of that because it would put warlocks in places I didn't think warlocks would be, because I'm a stickler like that, I think. Commit to the bit. I think warlocks should be warlocks, you know? I don't think they should be militarily contracted. Like, I, that's another thing for another day. Um, well, you never know, seeing as uh, yeah. how Legion's wrapping up. We might see a bit of a change in that. Oh, I, I don't want to. I like warlocks. Yeah, warlock too. faction. I like warlocks being their own secret cool club of cultists. Anyway, um, so after Valyria has this awful convenient 500 years all to herself to learn the, to learn shadow magic, she then say she then saves um, 
Terralian from the assassination attempt. Her and, her and Lithraxian. Lithraxian gets the jump on him by that uh, assassin that I mentioned earlier. And it was not their first encounter with that assassin. Eventually they ward him off previously, too, um, on Outland. But that's how they explain that demons can die and come back to the nether. Um, when, he, when, he, when he returns, he gets the jump on Lothraxian, I think, on board that ship. And Turalyon is lured into, oh my god, Lothraxian, you're hurt? What's going on? And then he freezes. He's like, he's about to be killed because he's got, he's become under the spell and Illyria comes out of nowhere to save him. I forget whether or not it was indicated that she had been tracking that assassin and was waiting for him, but the timing seems awful convenient. I think that is what she uses to justify to Zera that the shadow is a legitimate path to be pursuing, etc., etc., and so on and so forth. And then we get to the in-game content, and then we start questing with her in 7.3. But how she pursue, how the uh, Nether's, how Nether, what are they called? Ethereals are coming on to Argus to take advantage of leaking void energy or whatever, and we have to circumvent their efforts by Illyria consuming the power source I guess that they were after too I forget the particulars but yeah alright we just dipping out for a little bit to handle a repair guy showing up at his house perfectly fine anyway <clears throat> so it's going to be you, me, and you, me, Qualia, and Nakla for a little bit <laughs> well, yeah, yep. anyway the Void Illyria quest line I played it and I still don't really remember much of it and I played it very recently too I should have been taking notes but I think the fact that it does not leave a very great impression on me is indicative of its overall quality like that one quest line from Cataclysm where you go through three individual people's stories of how they dealt they're with all they're all extremely different yeah and you can remember them Cause what, do you guys remember what the orc did? I do didn't he punch him? the dwarf punched him the orc had that sweet ride with the ladies on his sidecar, though. Ah, uh, the flying motorcycle. Yeah. yeah, and then the gnome had the giant. They're memorable because they're ridiculous. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with the male belt as one of the ladies, that's right. They're memorable because they're ridiculous, but some things need to be memorable because they're also heroic. I think we can all... I remember the invasion of Undercity, and I remember how Thrall cried. Like a baby. Yeah, Crusader Bride and Brad was pretty dope. Man, where do we where do we where do we go with this now? I mean, okay, so Illyria is we we know how we we we've, we've talked about Illyria's return. We've talked mm -hmm. about certain points of her lore that that you know seem a little shaky at best, and seem convenient uh, at worst. And I think my gripe with the whole thousand years of war in general is that it's meant to it, 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 it packs a lot of time in a very short period of time it packs 500 a thousand, it packs a thousand years of these characters doing things right at a moment where we need to have that backstory it's um it's one thing the, like, we were talking about whether or not it was deus ex machina and we had we were talking about how things had been sort of like developed and planned right we saw hints and breadcrumbs of things that were going on the whole time. Well, they spend a lot of time like, planning these little, oh, this is going to be something that we can come back to later, and we're going to lead up to it. Yeah. And 
uh, and so most people I don't think are going to have a problem with it, as Nox suggested, because Nox doesn't have much of an issue with that as such. I kind of do too. When right before a major story arc, it, it draws very heavily on large periods of time that are used to explain a character's proficiency with something. I think it's um. I think it's silly. I think it's convenient because it's 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 just barely coming out of it's not coming out of nowhere but it's a lot of things happening in a very short period of time players only have players have known Illyria for 20 years people have only known this aspect of Illyria for a couple months but it's this it's this aspect it's this it's this front loaded aspect of Illyria that is used to build that, that they're building upon it's, well I mean they clearly had this void arc they wanted to do yeah, and they're like, "Well, we want to bring Illyria back. Maybe we can just smush them together into this little lore sandwich." I, I, maybe it's just the kind of uh, this kind of storytelling that I like. I don't like too much character development in such a small period of time, personally. I like, I, I like and appreciate the small build up and the hints of things. Well, she didn't really have an arc at all, did she? She's just kind of like, "I'm here, and I'm gonna be void now." Yeah, yeah. It wasn't really an arc because we didn't really. I mean, well, yeah, we haven't really interacted with her for thousands of years, so it's like, well, we didn't see any progression there. Yeah, and... Like, maybe, maybe if I went back and played Warcraft 2, or Warcraft... I don't know if she's mentioned in Warcraft 3, I don't know, but... It was a very rapid sense of, uh... A very rapid sense of, you know, development. Before that had been released... It's a, it's it's about... It's like, it's like going 0 to 60 in, th in 2 seconds. Um, before that audio drama was released... We knew who Illyria was, and we knew that she was coming back. And then we, in the space of two hours, were taken through a very drastic story arc for her and this character. And in the end, in it, whether or not you can really call it a story arc seems to be a point of contention based upon this, the, how that story evolved. Um, and I know they can't always get away with that sort of thing. Like, for Miss Pandora, we had that really cool series of videos... Which was released slowly over time of the trials of the Pandaren Emperor, and I thought that was cool because it was it was expanding upon something that had already happened. Uh, yeah, I didn't. Again, I didn't really get to play a lot of Pandaria. Like my most of the experience was uh, mm. dungeon queuing, and I hated those dungeons, so I can't say too much on it. Well, the story. I'm just now going back and doing some of the Tiller rep now to get <laughs> you know. Well, scarecrows or hats or whatever. Well, it was the story of Emperor Shao Hao and how he deals with the Shah, the Prime Shah, the Shah of Violence, the Shah of Anger, the Shah of Sorrow, or whatever Shahs there are. And he does so with the help of the Monkey King in some situations. Sometimes he does it all on his own. And it explains how um, the mists were the result of Shao Hao committing his spirit to the plane of Pandara and Pandaria and casting a spell that would enshroud them while the Burning Legion was going on. So it explains how the sh how the mists got there, and the mists are a very important question. The whole expansion is called the Mists of Pandaria, right? And so the question was, well, how did this get there? Well, the story explains that, and it's all stuff that happens in the past before our characters get there, thousands of years in the past, alongside the first invasion of the Burning Legion. So even though it happened a very long time ago, it fills the space of a very important question that was asked because those mists are there. Why are they there? Why is it we're only now seeing it? And that kind of lore, I think, before those before those little episodes were released, we had no idea. We had speculation, but we had no real idea. And then they 
told us how those were. And it's a very satisfying way to flesh out some lore because ultimately that, that lore doesn't really go anywhere because the, uh, the, you know, the experience of going through Missa Pandaria just sort of you know, builds upon that lore. So that 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 series of stories is more filling the space that was filling the space of something that wasn't previously answered, whereas this audio drama just feels like a justification for some drastic story de uh, character development that I don't think anyone would have seen coming otherwise. I really like what Rokan was saying about it, though, as far you... as uh, developing her story, or yeah. if they would have, if there would have been a way to do it. Yeah. Um. He's a 500 years of steady leveling Shadow Priest, basically. Yeah. That's all for us. Essentially. Five or six episodes of various sequences during those thousand years would have gone a long way. We got maybe two. Yeah. Not very much. I yeah, agree. If we could have had, like, some things before that where it didn't feel as ham-fisted in there. I even really liked the uh, Lords of War series that they released for World of the Draenor because that was storytelling. Th that was storytelling. I really like those. Yeah, they're, that was. They're fun to watch too. It's not like okay, I get there's books and stuff on this stuff. I don't read them. I'm sorry. That's fine. <laughs> but it's a uh, it's a uh, a lot of these this these stories are kind of explained through the books and don't necessarily get to see them in the game. Yeah, Lords of War was cool though because it was a series of tales from Marad being regaling them to. Um, Varian. And I think Marad's death was very was was very big at the time because he was our connection to Draenor before we went into Draenor. That's who we. That's how we got our stories. That's how we knew anything about these guys. We were, we were relying on his memories of them. So when he died, we lost the connection that we had, and we had to start leaning on Yorel. If you were Alliance, for example. But right. storytelling through his, you know, regaling of these warlords, I think, was a very effective way to get us familiar with the setting before we got into the setting and I'm comparing and contrasting all these extra media ma 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 uh, pieces of storytelling because some of it explain some of it answers questions in a, in a great way some of us are used to acclimate us to a setting we're about to be exposed to and something about thousand years of war just seems like a cheap justification of this is what we're doing with Illyria and why and I it, it did not satisfy me in such a way I expect it was meant to Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not that... We know that Blizzard is capable of writing, you know, interesting characters somewhat, but at mm -hmm. the same time, they, they're not... That's not what they're known for being best at, either. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. We just It's just that we know they're capable, but uh, at the same time... Well, I think knowing that they're capable is why it can be a little disappointing when they when they miss the mark. And, you know, I know that when, I, when we say that, we, that they miss the mark, it's a subjective thing. Um... But I'm trying to look and, at it. And at the same time, yeah, we're, cr we're critiquing like, the end of Legion stuff and leading yeah. into battle. But, uh, uh, I mean, I assume the beginning of the battle is going to have some really good storytelling stuff, cause, like we did see in Legion. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm expecting that to be pretty well done. So I'm hoping that I'm feeling a little better about some of this stuff by the time it does come out. Mm -hmm. Just from the way that things are explained and, and you know, done for us at the moment as far as this void arc is going it just doesn't it's <sighs> it seems a little much to swallow and okay well we talked about Illyria a lot whether or not her thousand years of war story is too much development in too little a period of time um, whether or not that this development for her is the development that players wanted or expected from her 
And I think the only thing that's fair to say is that there are plenty of people who are happy with this development for her, and there are other people who, from a critical level or otherwise, think that this perhaps was not the best. I could True. Only... Some people, some people think it's. Some people would say it's actually pretty good. So uh, yeah. that's. Well, I don't think consensus. A lot of times, people will say, "Well, you know, this is what most players think, so therefore that's what it is." I don't agree with that. I don't believe that popularity necessarily means something is a good or bad thing or not. I mean, a lot of people like the Twilight books, and a lot of ladies like the Fifty Shades of Grey books, even though the joke is kind of how terrible they are. So, just because a lot of people think that this is a good story does not mean that it is the case. And we're just kind of looking at, from a critical point of view, is this good storytelling? Is this good character development? And the more and more we... Uh, and I, as more, uh, more and more, as this panel determines that perhaps not, we're going to look into whether or not Blizzard is aware of that and what Blizzard thinks of it and maybe, when, maybe why Blizzard's doing it. Alright, we're back with a brief intermission. Uh, I wanted to show off this little meme here. Cold Steel, the Hedgehog, is actually just a Void Elf, which I think is the spirit of the original. Yeah, I don't think... I don't think they changed anything on there, just to... Uh, it's a bit lazy, but that's fine. I think it, it The point is, it's a bit edgy. I guess the point of... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you Blood apparently the Blood Which, Elves... like, I don't have a problem with edgy characters in WoW. I mean, we have... We have a lot of them. Death yeah. Knights. Literally, Knights of Death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it was funny. I was, uh, I was in a game development course, and, you know, part of that course was to make your own game, and I was thinking about using our, like, homebrew dice game as something I could submit, because... All the work was already done. All I had to do was package it, but I had to like rename all the WoW assets. I literally called the uh, <laughs> I had to rename the 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 Death Knights and the Death Lords, and so I figured I would just call the Demon Hunters the Edge Lords because of all the blades of the Death gear. Lords and Edge Lords. I like it. <laughs> uh, the team didn't like that. We ended up doing a different game. But <laughs> you know who else seems to know they're pretty edgy? Uh, the Void Elves themselves. I was kind of hoping Weejil would be Clearly. back so that we can go over some of these hilarious voice lines, but I think we're just going to go ahead and go over their racials and talk about how broken they are. Apparently people think that they're broken. I don't know what they do. And hopefully we will come back when it's time to riff on the voice lines. Okay, so... Oh, man. Okay, so... Uh, now, now that we've talked about their lore, let's talk about what they're actually going to be in, in World of Warcraft, because I think most people... We we well, even though we're role players and we're like super heavy into the story, I think we all know that most people are not. They just want cool shit and they want to kill people and get loot and perform really really well on their on their uh in their raids and get the good numbers. I mean that's not to say that people don't enjoy the story stuff because if it were just let the numbers and the stats and stuff, like I don't think many people would play. You're true. There wasn't no. You're right. Else. I. I I don't know anybody other than role players who stopped playing WoW because the story sucked, though, is what I mean. Mm. That might just be me. Well, at the same time, I didn't start role playing until the story got really sucky because I oh. wanted to make more content. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's different so for I everybody. Do you think it's fair to say that most players who play WoW are ambivalent towards the way the story goes and just want something cool and flashy? Yeah, I think some people just might not dig as deep into it. Yeah. There might be putting our hooks in a little bit, but 
Yeah, I'd say. I think it's a little. I think it feels a little bit close to us because we tend to consider it more. Anyway, for let's talk about what the Voidos are going to be for the masses and for people who are just playing the game. Okay. So the Void Elf are going to be an allied race for Battle of Azeroth on the Alliance side. And they have to be unlocked the way they all have to be unlocked through performing a couple of tasks and I think getting a, 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 a getting exalted with some faction. I'm pretty sure for the Void Elves, yep, it's, you have to get exalted with the Argus in Reach. You have to get You Are Now Prepared, which completes the Argus storyline. And then you must complete a special recruitment quest. And then you get the Void Elf achievement and you can create a Void Elf. And to create a Void Elf, you must have a level 110 character on that server. So there is there is a bit of a barrier here. So people who are brand new to the game aren't going yeah, to be Probably the rep barrier is probably the biggest one, although I don't know how hard it is to get now in-game. Yeah, 110 is not a huge barrier because you get a level 100 character just for, just for signing up for the first time. Um, people were actually talking about how this is, you know, stupid. How this is kind of like the loot boxes in Star Wars Battlefront. And, no, uh, what, what what part of it? People are saying that, oh, okay, well, if you're going to buy a game and you then you have to unlock certain parts of it, that's not actually buying it then. It's like, if I buy it, I should have this feature right off the bat. It's like, no, dude, you're being stupid. I think they're... Uh, all right, it's not, e it's not EA. I'm sorry, guys, you're just wrong. Yeah, no. This is an EA loot boxes. Yeah, pretty much. It's, 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 it's a Something severe case different. of apples and oranges. Loot boxes are something you actually have to pay it's money literally for. the opposite. It's a Skinner box, yeah. They're there, you just have to play the game, and that's what some of the comments on the thread was, just sort of like, oh, oh no, you have to play the game to unlock a certain part of it. We've never had that before. Fighting games make you do that. Super Smash Brothers, there's still characters I don't have unlocked because I barely play it. Still, yeah, the, the concept of unlocking by playing is a lot different than the concept of un unlocking by buying. That's never been a, like a... Okay, I get... There's been some people that complain about it, where like the amount of grind you have to do to get to a point. Yeah, yeah, some people complain about that, but it's not anything, nothing to do with like the EA pride of an accomplishment of unlocking loot boxes. It's nowhere in the same category. It's yeah. Not even the same thing. Like that's a different topic altogether. The amount yeah. of grind to extend content out or artificially extend content. Uh, yeah, that's a whole other issue. But it's not. Oh man, I'd love to get into like a journal. Blizzard's business practices of extending their content through like campaign quests, but that's that's you're right. That's for another time. But we know that the Void Elves are going to get Hunter, Mage, Monk, Priest, Rogue, Warlock, and Warrior. You guys believe? And you guys are <laughs> you guys? No uh, demon hunters, huh? No demon hunters. But you guys <laughs> would it surprise you guys at all that there are some people who are mad that they're not getting paladins? Mm. Like why would they need paladins? I'm pretty void paladins. Void paladins. Yeah, there are people who are actually mad. Now that's okay. That does call into a question though. What's going to be going on with the priests? When you have a priest void elf, what does that mean? What are you when you are a priest void elf? If 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 you spec light or discipline, what's going on with that? Do you think? Magic. Yeah, I think it's the unfortunate consequence that they're just not going to tailor certain specs to certain races. Okay, and I'll explain what I mean by that. I think there are so, like you know you can be a sh if there are some races who have access to shadow priests that I don't think actually exist at all. One is the sunwalkers, the seers, the tauren priests. I don't think there's any such thing as a tauren shadow priest that is not a cult, a member of the cult, uh, some cult, and I don't think they're actually meant to represent player characters joined to the horde. What do you guys think about that? Oh, well, I'm there. I mean, 
I could be wrong here, but aren't Night Elves really against using arcane magic also? Well, that was their Highborn, yeah. Um, but they eventually allowed the Highborn to come back in. That was one of the... Uh, that's, I for, that's where I forgot. You might, you didn't. You said you didn't play until about Mists? Yeah, yeah, I joined kind of late. Yeah, uh, oh. I mean, I played, I played in, like, vanilla a little bit. And oh, okay. Burning Crusade, but well, I, didn't, I wasn't into mages uh, were, a lot of the lore and stuff until quite a bit later. Right, mages were one of the classes that were not available until night, for Night Elves until Cataclysm. Cataclysm went a bunch of different classes. Okay, so I quit playing around the end of Wrath. So yeah. I, I missed them when yeah. the, the mages became available for them. Mm-hmm. A lot of classes got added to a bunch of different races. Uh, that's when we saw Blood Elf Warriors, Undead Hunters. The Paladin, uh, Torin, that was yeah, for me. Yeah, that was Cat. Back. Yep, that was uh, something added for Cataclysm. So, um, People made a big deal about the uh, Alliance Shaman back in BC. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah. There, there are some specs I think when are not canonically feasible for your class, and I think Torin Shadow Priests that are part of the Horde are not canonical. Or at least I don't think that it's feasible. And some people are gonna, you know, you can, we can do whatever they want with their characters, but I mean, you could argue that shadow priests aren't canon anymore because you, of Illyria. You really could argue that. It's the funny thing. Um, but you know, um, they're just not gonna tailor certain specs for certain classes um, or races. They used to do that with the priest. The priest used to have a, a, a racial specific spell depending on what race you were. The trolls had a shadow hex. The, the undead. Oh, yeah, I remember we had Seal of Blood as paladins. I mean, yeah. you can like get a get a like a glyph or something or something. And it was it was, effect, it was it a was great a... it was a great way to add flavor. But then they found out that it's just you know certain races of priests were better than other certain races of priests all because oh, of one ability. And it was just it was it was it was easier just to make uh, to what's the word uh, homogenize the class, the race, the, the priest as a spec. That's why, you know, the idea of a Torin Paladin is you kind of have to unpack certain things with a Torin Paladin. A, pal- a Paladin is a paragon of their own society. They're, you know, they pursue, e- they pursue evil, they carry out justice and all that kind of thing. And I think that Torin Paladins aren't necessarily the same kind of pious archetype that you'd see with the church setting of dwarf and human paladins i think that they're more no they're not part of the uh what brotherhood brotherhood or whatever exactly but are you going to see blizzard rename all of their spells and give them all new spell effects to reflect that the added the general attitude well, they used to they used to but they're not anymore and i don't think they're going to do that for the void elves either to sort of bring it all back we're going to see light based or <laughs> we're going to see <laughs> the priest class is so ridiculous for the void elves because technically they wouldn't be doing anything with the light Holy Priest specifically. Holy Priest is weird, yeah. Shadow Priest, I guess you can make a better argument for. And then how redundant is a Shadow Priest Void Elf? What do they get? Super Void form? Void God form? Ultra Instinct Void Elf? I don't I don't get how... They just become a black hole. <laughs> how, is a void, how is a Shadow Form Void Elf Priest different than a Void Elf Warrior? They're both slinging Void. Is that I guess one's using more void magic than the other, and what is stopping a void elf warrior from using void magic at that point? There's a lot of mm. ridiculous things going on, I think, and I'm just kind of happy they're on the line. Yeah, so I, 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 just, about I it. just don't have the answers for it, you know. I don't know. If, I just think they're just not going to think about it and be like, "Well, this, <laughs> yeah. this texture goes on this elf now, and it can beat these classes that we have made." It's kind of the same problem that the Lightforge are going to have, honestly. What's the difference between a Lightforge warrior and a Draenei Paladin, you know? Wh- oh, well, nothing, clearly. I don't know. <laughs> They've got different textures, man. It's too analog. You can uh, summon you... in a, uh, an anvil. 
and the you don't have that problem with the dark iron. You don't really have that problem with any of the. Well, I guess you kind of have a problem with the Nightfallen because they're all really de they're all adept arcane users for the most part. Mm -hmm. So if you have an arc, but then we've seen arcane, we've seen Nightfallen warriors with Silgren. I don't know. I don't think. I don't really think he's a spellcaster. So is it in the same vein where they just sort of have like a proximal association with these forces, even if they're not actively using them as much? They, they kind of have to. Uh, right? I guess I, I have to look at it from the Burning Crusade Blood Elf perspective because um, we were all. Getting involved with the fell pretty heavy at that time, but none of us, not all of us, were uh, yeah. warlocks, obviously. But uh, actually, like I was a paladin, that was a new one at the yeah. time for the horde, and uh, so we were siphoning light energy. See, but it's all explained in lore. That's the thing. <laughs> it was just <laughs> thrown in there. Yeah, we were, we were stealing light energy from a Naru, a weakened Naru that we kept out in the, our basement, basically, and would suck the life energy out of it so that we could bend the light to our, our will. Um, mm. It was explained, is the thing. Yeah, and it, um, it was explained because the it was also drawn upon the fact that the blood, that elves in general, high elves, have a natural affinity to magic, and mm -hmm. light itself is just another form of magic manifest from this cosmic source. So yeah, it was building upon things that we already established. So I just... The concept of trying we to roleplay... We use our, our same siphoning energy that we're using to siphon our demonic fell energy off of demons and whatnot, and then, uh... Yeah, paradoxically, as Nakula points out, it was with the Naru's consent, because I guess he had a vision. I just... Yeah, but... If, okay. I, were, if I were to try to make a void, a void Elf character, I would find being a Void Elf Shadow Priest to be entirely redundant, and I would find a Void Elf, a void elf Light Priest to be... The equivalent of role playing as a half angel, half demon on Gaia Online or something like that. I I I, I spent a little bit of time on Gaia Online. And they might I just the point where like, yeah, whatever, we'll just put it in there, just give them what they want. I distinctly Even I don't know if anyone asked for this. Yeah, I distinctly remember when I used to role play on Gaia Online, seeing a post by a guy who introduced himself as a half angel, half demon, and like his wings were bound in chains, they were dragging on the floor, and he was suspended in air and hovering, well, like an aura of angelic you know, calm, but also demonic chaos, and every time I think of a light, a holy void elf, I think of that character. Oh, I went on this one chat website a long time ago, and like, I don't know, it was on my old computer, and the videos, graphics didn't work on there, so I could only see what people were chatting. Yeah. But, uh, like, everyone in there role-played as, like, half-demon, or demon lord, whatever, so I was like, I'm gonna be a, a, a demon hunter, and kill all these people. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting stupid. to see if the racials are. Was, particularly... I was just pointing out how ridiculous they were, honestly. Cause oh my god! I don't it'll know be... if you ever seen the Sephiroth uh, saw it or Tails battle. I have seen that. It was basically that. That's oh my god! <laughs> oh man! Uh, well, it was the hologram. Well, let's see what the racials are and see if they favor one uh, one class or the other. Okay. This is the one that I think people are up, most up in arms about is Spatial Rift, where you tear a rift in space and then you reactivate the ability to teleport through that rift. And it just makes me think, isn't that the exact same thing as the what warlocks have with their portal? You set it, and then you move, and then you reactivate okay, it okay. to shift over Spatial to it? Spatial Rift. So it's basically mm. the warlock spell, right? This looks similar, yeah. And so if people so who are... So 40-yard range. Uh, this That's huge, isn't it? How big is now, that? No, no, no. So it's five yards more than your regular disengage, although it is about half a minute 
uh, less cooldown. So you're getting a two minute cooldown to go 40 yards as opposed to a two and a half minute cooldown for uh, 35 yards or something, if I'm remembering correct. Well, I'm gonna look up the range on disengage because I don't remember it. Uh, what's that? What's the warlock spell? The teleport spell, anyway. The one I was thinking of, dark demonic rift. Disengage. Uh, something like that. Disengage will. Uh... Okay, it would be nice if it just. Yeah, I'm pulling oh, that up here. It's a talent. It would be nice if I just had the spell. It is a talent, so it's not like you get that as oh, a racial leader. Oh, it just says. I guess we would have to compare it to something like a uh, rocket goblin. Rocket jump would be a better one because it's a, a racial. Not oh, a right, right, yeah. So rocket not jump. compared to disengage isn't fair. Um, rocket jump. Rocket jumps range is. No response. Why the hell? One point five minute cooldown. So it's a shorter cooldown. It has a shorter cooldown. Of rocket jump does. Uh yeah, okay. uh, but. Let's see the range on this. I'm taking the comments here. Yeah, because it's weird. It says self, and we just want to know what the distance is. Yeah, someone, someone here will have done the math, I'm sure, already. Yeah, well. well let's look 20, at This guy says, based on Thunderform, 20 yards equals value 60, so the racial theory should provide 25, 25 yards forward jump. Jeez. Only apply in flat terrain, so. Uh, shorter cooldown, jumps a little further, so. Or jumps jumps less far, I guess. Twenty five it was. So, what is the twenty five compared to what's what the it? what's the range on the warriors on the warrior spell charge? Mm. Because I, if it's, I think that'd be telling. I'm looking for just the just the spell, and it's so hard to find. Like I googled, I just searched charge for a second, and there's just so many charges, but you gotta search by uh yeah abilities. yeah. Or talents? No, it's not talent. Or is it? No, it's not talent. Warrior charge spell. It's gonna do that. Charge spell. Haha. Warcraft. There it is. Uh, gets you. That is a <clears throat> eight to twenty-five yards. That is the range of charge. So this will get you outside of a warrior's charge range. And right, and they get it automatically as a racial. It's not. It's not a. Uh... You don't have to spec for it. It's not a class ability. Well, it's offset by the fact that they have to set they have to set it and they have to move. I think it is called. Okay, so in that in that respect, it's it's a bit different. Yeah. So you can if you if, demonic gate is what it's called. I think it's called de demonic gate or something or demon gate. I don't remember. Well, that's yeah. You're right. That's well. But you know the spell that I'm talking about, the one where demonic you demonic gateway. Uh, not, not the one that they can share. The one that they set down a little teleportation rift. Actually, that's mm. warlock. I think it's a talent. It's got to be a talent. Oh, because that was the one I was thinking of. Was demonic gateway. Well, that is one of it's one of their spells for sure. But it's the one where you can set it and then move and then you can cast and then you can activate the spell while you're casting to just move. It's ridiculous. But it's pretty dope, if I'm honest. I we're spending a little bit too much time trying to hunt this down, but I think I think we know what we're talking about. You you know the spell that I'm talking about. So they they basically get that as a racial. It's a little it's a little broken, and they have a hundred yard range too. 
that rift. I think they can move 100 yard ranges out of it and then be fine, or, depending on what this says. Now, they also have Chill of the Night, Entropic Embrace, Ethereal Connection, and Preternatural Calm. Chill of the Night will reduce the shadow damage they take by 1%. That's pretty standard. I'm pretty sure they share that with some other with some other races. Entropic Embrace allows you to empower your empowers you with the essence of the void, and that must be the wing stuff. And what do we know about that racial though? That's their racial void form. Mm. So they can't turn it on and off. I wonder what they mean. Your by abilities that. have a chance to empower. Okay, so it's a passive spell. You can't turn it on and off. It's a five percent buff. Recently it it was or it is. That's what the comment says. It was changed. It says it recently it was increased. changed to two. Yeah, increase healing effects by or damage and healing by five percent for twelve seconds. Okay, which it's odd that the tooltip does not reflect that change, but that's okay. So is that? Oh, I see. Uh, it doesn't really say anything. That could be pretty fucking good. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. Well, compared to like berserking or yeah, I was blood thinking rage. berserking would be the uh, the comparative one. Orc blood rage. Blood Fury is a spell. So it increases their attack power. For, how long is it, How long does that last for? It was like five seconds. Just five seconds? Jeez. Well, orcs last for 15 seconds. Or maybe it was 12. I don't remember. I forgot already. Berserking. <laughs> uh, troll Berserking, I think, lasts for about 12, 15 also. Yeah, racial trait. It lasts for... Uh, 10 seconds. Okay, so... Comp longer than berserking, less than blood rage, blood fury, or whatever. So it seems pretty. Seems like a pretty average racial ability, I it's guess. Just, it's just a cooldown to stack with your other cooldowns. Now, ethereal connection. I personally think this is a, a worthless trait that they only thought of because they couldn't think of anything else. It reduces the cost of void storage and transmogrification by fifty percent. I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that, but how expensive is it even? I, they can get expensive. Void storage, I bet, can get expensive. Does transmogrifying get that expensive? It can be. Oh well, then that's just my own unawareness. I still think Probably, that. I yeah. still think it's just that it's just something they couldn't think of anything better for. But like, I'm okay with those random like, you know, the goblins get good deals and stuff, and that's yeah, that's fine. That's nothing egregious. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking it's the bottom. I, I just think it's the bottom of the barrel one where they were like, well, we need to fill out a racial. What should we give them? Uh, void storage stuff? It's got void in the Yeah, it's, it's another like flavor thing. You know, it yeah. helps them with the, doing their transmogs. Well, I can see people being mad about this one. Preternatural Calm, where their spells are not delayed by taking damage. I don't know about this one. You don't know about this one? No, I mean, I, I, I see what it says, but I don't know if this is going to stick for long. Oh, I see. You think it's too broken to stay like this? We will. We'll see. <laughs> I hear you. Okay. We'll see how long this lasts for. It says this right now in the nose, but uh, you know what though? Notes. This is a worthless trait if you're a melee. If you're a melee class, though, this is a worthless thing for warriors, rogues. But if you're not melee and no, you're say, a shadow priest, yeah, then it's perfect. But I think that's a big freaking deal in PvP. I'm gonna say they're gonna change that because it doesn't do anything for certain classes. You're gonna be like, why would you be a warrior? You're you have a you have a you have a racial pass that doesn't do anything for you. You might as well be a spell casting class. Do they not have mage? Yes, they do. They have mage. I didn't see mage for a second. Anyway, you might as well be a spellcaster if you want to take advantage of all the traits. If not, you're well, yeah. There you go. Jeez. Okay. Huh. Uh -huh. Mm. They got their 
their void chicken. Yeah, I like the Hawks Look at Riders. All those chickens. I know people joke about how they're like you know Hawks Riders are lame and they're big old chickens. I like Hawks Riders, and I, I think people who don't think they're cool don't really understand how vicious a bird can be. These, <laughs> these guys would. They're people forget. I, these are basically dinosaurs. They're walking dinosaurs essentially with feathers. Yeah, but trolls have actual dinosaurs. That's yeah, true. That's true. Uh, the the mount descriptions that they gave for all the mounts were pretty great. Um, the hawk striders uh, says that you know hawk striders aren't taken so seriously. So did did the uh, did the hawk strider also eat void? Yeah, what the? <laughs> I want to know. That's a great question. Why why did they subject the hawk strider to this? I'm pretty sure that and they got little void wings on them too. Just like the, the hawk strider is like I resist the whispers. Except it doesn't say anything because it's a bird. Oh my god. So, is it like the. Can it resist the whispers because it literally can't understand it? Or is this actually the secret? I, I guess it's just of... immune to them. They whisper it and he's like, I don't know what you're saying, dude. <laughs> they secretly are the one. Th these are the. The epitome of iron will against. Would be the perfect so. void user. It's just someone who doesn't know how to speak or. or <laughs> it's immune because it literally can't understand language. it. Yeah, yeah, so language barriers. Non sentient, non sentient species are the way to go for uh, void magic. Apparently, yep. Who'd have thought that the void's biggest enemy would be a language barrier? Mm -hmm. That's the that's the key to resistance. So just go, yeah, just. And of course, the hair. Here we got the hair. Got some. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm all right with them. The effects were cool as hell. I'll say that. Yeah. That's I, that's one thing I won't I have to say about the the void elves. They aesthetically they don't look terrible. They look pretty good. They look a little less emo. Look at that facial hair. This guy looks more like he's like a drummer. Uh, he's Vamp from uh, Metal Gear. Yeah, he's got some cool hair. They, I'm actually Bamp from Metal Gear. You know? I'm actually now I mad because I haven't played it myself, but I think I know the character. I'm just jealous. Okay, I'll pull him up, and you'll be like, okay, that's exactly him. Yeah, pull him up. My thing is, I'm actually now my 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 anger towards Void Elves actually is coming from a place of envy because of that facial hair. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm jealous because I can't make my cool. They look better in my transmog than my my. <laughs> does. Oh man. There, there's Vamp right there. You are not kidding, and he's voice. I think they based it off of him. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised either because apparently the voice actor for the Blood Elves to begin with was Raiden's voice actor. There's there's another Metal Gear Solid connection to the Blood Elves, and I forget where uh, it was. So it's all connected this somehow. This would not We're, surprise me. How deep does the rabbit hole go? I don't know, but okay. Now we got cardboard boxes in Nintendo, and Snake lives in a cardboard box, and <laughs> Metal Gear. This is oh all assigned. Oh my god. Oh my god. Well, let's look at their voice, uh, their voiceovers and their flirts because this is this is what I wanted to get into. Because how long does how long before self-referential humor just becomes a bit concerning? Like you have a you, like, uh, there's there are all the memes out there about drinking bleach to kill yourself, and that's generally funny. But then when somebody does a little too much, you're like, is this dude okay? Okay, so with the the void elf lines, they're, they're kind of trying to deflect a little bit with the like, ah, yeah, we're the edgy elves, and it's like, well, yeah, you are though. It's yeah. Is there a point where self-referential? Like, no, we, we pointed it out, so so we're taking the the criticism because we're we're making fun of it, and we're saying, yeah, that's we're calling ourselves on it before you can call us out on it. It's like, well, no, I mean, it still is what it is. Again, I'm not I'm not upset about the aesthetics. I just think the 
how yeah. it's put together isn't great. Well, Liz might want to hop in for a little bit when she's around. Yeah, for... yeah let's get her in here, because uh, she's got a lot of things to say about him. Oh, I know, I know. She's going to be a little bit late, though, so I don't know how much longer we're going to be going. We might not. Uh... Yeah. Oh, gonna Nock's going to take off. Hey, man, thanks for hanging around, dude. Sorry about yeah. your mic. We'll have to get that figured out. Yeah, it's too bad. Get you in the next one, hopefully. Well, Some yeah. days it works, yeah. I'll let you know when the next one is. Eh, about two weeks, I think. Well, I'm using, like, two headsets right now. <laughs> one for the mic, one for the ears. Gotcha. Yeah. Ooh, lordy. Anyway, so let's dig into these. <clears throat> All right, let's see what we got. What am I into? Let's just... Lay them on me. What am I into? Let's just say some of my proclivities can run a bit dark. I think that's a uh, Fifty Shades reference. Is it really? I think it is. I oh, could be wrong. How perfect. I think the word proclivities gave it away, because I think I heard that in a preview or something. Yeah, I think you're right. I do my best work in the shadows. Allow me to demonstrate. Oh, these are both silly and flirts. I don't think it really distinguishes which are the which. The Void has taught me many secrets. Some of them can be most satisfying. Okay, so the degenerates too. As a rule, I don't sprout tentacles, but in your case, I'll make an exception. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, when studying shadow magic, one learns to be very flexible. Very flexible. Ah. Uh. Oh, wow. I don't... I'm uh, moving on. If you sate my hunger, I'll sate yours. I know what you're thinking. Oh, goody, another elf. Well, I bet you weren't expecting a void elf now, were you? And that's what nope, I'm talking sure, about. sure weren't. Sure wasn't. Just because, okay, you know, sometimes, just because you're satirizing something does not, and you're trying to, you know, nudge, nudge, have fun with it, doesn't always mean that the thing you're poking fun of was meant, was, it doesn't, it doesn't legitimize the thing you're making fun of. Reminds me of the uh, Jeep Pod commercial thing he did. Oh my god. <laughs> He's like, ha ha ha. Look at me. Fidget spinners. It's not, not as bad. Fidget spinners. <laughs> Nerf like, guns. No, you're a fucking dick. Fuck you, man. Oh my god. <laughs> Just, you weren't expecting a void. It's too on the nose. No, we weren't expecting a void elf. We're okay with more elves. Who didn't like the Nightfallen? Oh yeah. Everyone likes the Nightfallen. That's why yeah. the guys are mad about us getting the Nightfallen. <laughs> like, we want that. I know. If you're looking for tall, dark, and brooding, that's me. Well, at least dark and brooding. I thought I thought blood elves were tall. They're taller than humans. I thought. <laughs> so I'm wondering if Morgoth, uh, this is a little side character, Morgoth, the blood elf, if he's gonna turn into a void elf. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but he's in the Hunter Lodge uh, quest line. Mm. Not, he's he's in a hidden oh quest line. him. I remember him. Yeah. The one, the one who has who has the hots for the Dark Ranger. For the Dark Ranger, yeah. Oh goodness. In fact, yeah, that was the one that guy stole my my picture for the thumbnail. Hold on, if I can find the actual image besides his thumbnail. <laughs> I can find his thumbnail, but I can't find my own image. Great. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, okay. Hold on. This is, this is the thumbnail he stole <laughs> that I made. Well, he made Ooh. the he put he put captions over it, but there it is. Morgoth. You can't see him too well because he's got some yellow text all over him, but... Oh, I see him fine. Look at him. Yeah, he's... Yep. He got... He, he, did he, I wonder if he smashed. Did she finally uh, acquiesce to his requests? 
So you could it kind of left off, so you could probably imagine what they end up doing or not. But oh. basically, uh, she pretty she turns him down like once or twice. She's like, nah, he, you know, he needs to be it's careful. Not gonna work out because I'm dead. He needs to be careful before she starts, you know, hashtagging me too, man. I mean, this. Oh this... no, she 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 was like, she appreciated it. Oh, she she's did. Just like, it's, That's nice. Yeah, she's like, it's just not gonna work out, you know. Oh, because I'm see. dead, and I don't have any it. romantic interest in him. Yeah, well, she's like, I'm flattered, but you know, I'm dead. Yeah. Apparently, Sylvanas Someone... has a problem with that with Nathanos, though. So. Well, Nathanos is also dead, so I mean. Yeah, I guess it works out, huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean... Maybe, maybe Morgoth will die and he'll get his wish, and then they'll be happily ever dead. It's like the Romeo and Romeo and Juliet story, except it works out in the end. And right, right. Yeah. Now this one I don't get. Maybe I'm dumb. I, I, that could be it. Say what you will about the tenets of the Void, at least it's an ethos. I think... Mm, I know what ethos... Is it though? What is ethos? I, I feel like I should know this. Like, what is it? Well, it's like a, it's like a code, right? That's kind of. A characteristic spirit of a culture, era, or community manifested in its... Mm. Like you have the warrior ethos, you know? Oh, yeah, you're right. At least it's an ethos. How is the voided ethos? It has no code. Well, that's the that, that thing. It, it says, like, you know, it, it allows all pathways, so it has no concise ruling or okay, code. Okay, so there, there's some... Yeah, I, I guess I'm just ignorant to it, I guess, so I guess they have one that I'm not well, aware of. Well, it's like what Knox said, you know, the light the light says one path is good, and then the void says all paths are good. Right, well, right. If you're all-inclusive like that, then you don't have a code, because the code says that certain values are, you know, rules or practices are to be respected and or to be, you know... Others are meant to be left behind. Like, uh, the, I, I wish I could yeah. think of something better. I can't think of anything better than fucking MGTOW right now. Their whole thing is, I guess they're like, you know, they don't date women and they don't fap. I don't know how that doesn't lead to a mass shooting, but um, that's their that's their ethos. Their ethos is, Wait, you know. what do we get into now? <laughs> MGTOW. I was trying to think of something relevant that had an ethos, and I don't remember. I, I was upset mm. that I couldn't think of anything else. The MGTOW boys live by a code of no women, no fapping, but that's their code. That's their ethos. If the void, uh, if the void allows everything, then it can't have a code, can it? I don't think that's how it works. But it's just a, it's just a silly, uh, it's just a joke. It's, so it's a, it's a throwaway joke. Of yeah. Lines. He said it's an ethos, whatever. I don't know if it is or not. Yeah, it's they needed twelve, they had ten, and then they just bullshitted the rest. I guess. That, that, yeah. I'm hung, too hung up. Would you believe that purple has always been my favorite color? Even before Why Went I'm, Void, I'm, I mean. No, I, I believe it. I'm not, sure, why not? No, I, hey, you know, I actually grew to really like purple in this game because you got so many more transmog options with it. Purple is already my favorite color. I guess I'm going to go Void Elf now. It's a pretty nice color. So. Illyria is always my favorite Windrunner sister. Edgier than Verisa, slightly less homicidal than the dead one. Okay, this is another one of the on-the-nose jokes I think are a little too... Mm. Yeah. Edgier. We like her because she's edgy. See? We know. We're self-referential. And the fact that I wield void energies doesn't mean I plan to consume everything I see. After all, I have a figure to maintain. Uh, half okay. measures, half Sassy. measures. Old gods. I mean, really? Some have mouths for eyes, others have eyes for mouths. Talk about a hot mess. Alright, alright. Well, I'm fine with this one. Void, you know, void users in general are always meant to be sort of like trampling on the front on the front yard of the old gods while they shake their fists at them. 
That's fine. That's whatever. Anyway. Those are the male ones. Wait. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. That's why they're so sassy. <laughs> I have a figure to maintain. Uh, okay. Here are the female ones, though. And I don't think they really get any better. Some say the void hungers. Let's start off with a bit of nibbling. Get nice and close. Whispers are kind of my thing. Okay, let's just skip to the middle one. I'm already seeing it. Which one? No, we do not drink blood. No, we do not. That's the sand lane. Totally different emo elf. That's another one of the whole... Look at how self-referential we are. See, we understand. We know that we're a little difficult to swallow. It's... <laughs> Nothing matters. Nothing matters. Up is down. Down is up. Are you checking out my void form? There is a void in my heart. Have you come to fill it? I don't think it's Again, in your heart. Again, void form. So from Shadow Priest. I don't think yep. it's. I don't think it's in your heart, hon. I don't think that's where the void is. Who needs the light? It's so much more fun in the dark. That okay. I know this is a silly, but that, I like that one. Yeah, I like it too, and I know it's silly, but that makes it seem like imagine. Okay, take a take a light priest then and have them say that line. This entire race is totally disregarding the light. That's their thing. That's their shtick. I don't think light void elves are a thing. Nope. 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 Again, you know, it was explained in Burning Crusade how we could have paladins. Yeah, that's true. Was, we had our whole, basically, because you're a paladin, we had a whole different, like, campaign just to make oh, it make true. sense. true. So your, your, your whole thing is that they, they don't like the light. They're just using it as a magical source. I get you. <laughs> okay, well. The void isn't the only thing that's insatiable. I mean, yeah, yeah, okay. Eventually, yeah, we we became buddies buddies with the Naru and, yeah. and stuff, and it became instantly less cool after that. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> you can't avoid my charms, and the void isn't the only thing that's insatiable. Mm. All right. <laughs> First was high, then blood, now void. Get the order right. Okay. Who does my hair? Just pointing out there's lots of elves got it. Yeah, we we know, I know. Who does my hair? Well, you might have heard of my stylist. It's called The Void. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Well, I like uh, The Void being reduced down to a hairstylist. That's cool for my immersion. Gloomy? I'm not gloomy. I just dress that way and talk that way and act like that way. <laughs> I kind of like that one. All right. It's a little and... bit more nuanced than just saying void everything and void that. Haha, <laughs> the punchline is the void. So, yeah, the <laughs> the um uh, the jokes in game obviously aren't supposed to be you know canonical. Yeah, I know, I know. So, it's, it's them fooling around and it just like uh, like I just press silly on my elf right now and she's like, "You think the expansion will make me look fat?" I'm like, "That's actually a pretty funny joke." Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> the expansion, I get it, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I think the thing with these jokes is that for people who really like the void elves, these are just icing on the cake, and for the people who don't like the void elves, it's just twisting the dagger a little bit more. A little with bit. How on the nose they are. That's what, that's what I was talking about with the, the Ajit pie. It just feels like, oh, you yeah. don't like this? Ha 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 ha! Fuck you! <laughs> fuck you, dude! It's like, well, yes. Spinners, yeah. Technically, the void does want you to consume the entire chaos. I'll smell it, settle for a smaller bite for now. So that's the thing. The Void wants you to consume the entire chaos, entire cosmos. Is this sort of thing we should take seriously or not? And if we know this about the Void, why are we trusting them? Well, Meh. Not. That's why we kicked him out, right? That's true. Well, why is the Alliance trusting them? And is the, they're and, stupid. And why is the Alliance so dumb? Pretty much. Why is the Alliance so dumb? Well, I mean, next, we have a... next show. Why is the Alliance so dumb? 
<laughs> no matter how much you plead, I will not sprout tentacles or turn into a giant eyeball. Well, I might, but not because you asked. Here's something. Here's something funny. The, why the alliance is so stupid? Well, it's because their leader is handling raw azurite with his bare hands. When yeah, he's gonna get cancer. Clearly. <laughs> Backstory. Uh, we already know about that. Okay, so the jokes and silly is as I'm getting my knickers in a bunch about them, obviously, and I probably shouldn't be, but I think I'm in the category where I'm already ambivalent. We're we're already kind of like ugh, I'm, I'm ambivalent about at, these things. <laughs> at best, I'm just kind of like, yeah, that's right. At best, I'm ambivalent. At worst, I don't like what they're going to be bringing to the story and what they mean for the new rules of the void, and this stuff is just sort of like salt in the wound for me. It's like, yep, mm. yep. So there's nothing more annoying than that dude who know than the dude who's being a git and knows he's being the git and won't stop being a git because yeah. Oh, oh man. Okay, so we know what their voice lines are, and I you know I still think it's I the wish same. We could have gotten someone who really liked the void elves. That's what I thought you were. Honestly, I thought you were gonna be the devil's advocate here. No, I mean I was, I was. Playing Devils Advocate a little bit on the like the last podcast, but uh, yeah, well, like I, I could still do that, but I just <sighs> didn't, I didn't start off with that, so I just kept rolling with it. Yeah, well. and yeah, I can I can give reasons and justifications and whatever for it, but uh, just, well, let's I just want them to do better is the thing. I, I don't want them to what, be let's, complacent with why they why they did it and and, and think that. Like it's not too late to change the story, you know. It's not. The sketch is not out yet. Now let's speculate a you, little you bit. You can fix this blizzard if you're listening, which I know they aren't. And maybe they. <laughs> I was maybe. listening to this podcast, but. Uh, hey, no one yet. We'll grow. We're gonna be the next big thing. <laughs> not really. But uh. You gotta, you gotta visualize it, man. You never know. Uh, I just, I just. Uh, okay. They can, well, they they can do better. They could. With, I think they could. It. And I mean. This is a good segue into the speculation because the whole thing. A lot of people are, are advocating for wait and see. This is a little bit ridiculous on paper, but they'll pull it out. I mean, the, the I lore mean, is going to explain it all. I mean, it, it, everything in everything in Battle for Azeroth will explain. It's all going to be hunky dory. And it's like mm, I don't necessarily think that's the case. Eh. I don't like to be told to have faith in the story. I like to be excited with the story that as I'm getting it. Like wait for our payoff. Only pays off like half the time. Hmm. I'm really liking Tris on a completely different topic. I really like Tris Fall Glaze with the Inky Black Potion. It looks really good. Oh, dude, I'm sure that it does. The Inky Black Potion made made uh made uh the Broken Shore look like a fucking rave. You got orange lights and mm. green lights and purple lights. It's just great. And now that now that Argus is gone, it looks yeah. even better. So let's speculate a little bit. How is the Alliance going to receive the Void Elves? Are they going to be super on board with it? Are they uh, super happy what, about like it? Like what position are they going to be in? Yeah, are they going to be like a tenuous kind of thing? Are, are they going to be like the catcher or are they going to be the... Uh... Well, in the Horde, there's the open... <laughs> <laughs> in the Horde, there's the open suspicion towards the Forsaken. And for good reason. The Forsaken have kind of earned that. And I say that as a Forsaken player. Mm. Um, do you think that the Void Elves are going to be... Uh, uh, agree with open arms or I was really surprised how open people were to the demon hunters with this I think they kind of had to be because I don't know but I don't they were definitely more uh, accepting than I thought they would be 
Well, they had to kind of the story had to progress past their acceptance and just get. Well, I mean, look how the the Death Knights did theirs. You get yeah, you're right, and, and garbage thrown at you in the street before you even get to talk to anyone in there. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think it's because the. I honestly. I mean, don't... sure. Yeah, directly the scourge were a bigger problem, you know, to yeah. the, the the races of Azeroth compared to the, the demon hunters. The demon hunters were pretty much doing their own thing for the, the most part. The Death Hunter just had a, had a more extensive introduction. I played my Demon Hunter. I forget what happens when you go... Oh, well, it's a different It's a different experience. Like, the Demon Hunter experience is all about, you know, you help the other Demon Hunter, and then you get in prison, and you break out of prison, and then, what, don't you get teleported straight to the city? Like, yeah, I don't. I don't know. It wasn't. I don't really remember, honestly. I don't remember. I, I just know that things are moving too quickly. They can't really settle with the Death Knights, you know. Like the Death Knight story stuck with me, but I think it's partially because I've leveled Death Knight like five times, probably. By yeah, now. maybe. I don't know. Death Knight. The starting zone several times, and yeah, it was amazing. More uh, did all those those phases and everything. They're just introducing the phasing. I think the game with Wrath and. Uh, the Death Knight story. Really well done. The Death Knight story dealt a lot with assets that were already in the game, so I don't really think it took a whole lot to build that story out. Like, they just had to tack on a little bit more onto EPL. Like, there was, you know, a little bit more stuff there, and then there was Acherus, which was just a floating temple, whereas in the Deep for the They did Demon have to Hunters, create, like, whole that whole starting island yeah. thing. They had to create the entire, the whole starting island. They had to create the Warden Vaults. They had to create, um, what was it, Niskara was the world, I think? I don't remember, but they had to create a whole lot of brand new assets for the Void, so I'm not really surprised that they didn't really get a whole extensive, and at the end of the day, how much more programming or coding would it have been for them to have an in-city experience where they, you know, get some negative feedback, I don't know, but they kind of had a mission of, hey, we don't, we don't really have time to, like, ingratiate ourselves to you, we're just here to tell you that demons are here, here's a demon, and they point it out, and then, you know, the story is just at a different. That, that story is a different pace than the Death Knight story, but I would have appreciated a little bit more of a. Well, I think with know. the amount of uh, retconning they did with Illidan, like they made it pretty easy for them to integrate. Yeah, that's true. Illidan's who. the good guy, and yeah. Uh, yeah. But the Void Elves, I hope, and I think the Void Elves are really, you know, being ingrained in a good. I think if the if the Alliance are gonna welcome the Void Elves with open arms. Despite the fact that this is a group that we previously established is really, really uh, flippant about their allegiances, it's going to be because of Illyria and her hero status and how she. And they're going to be like, how "Oh, you're going to kill the horde? Good enough for us because we're at war now." How she? I, can... I don't see it being much deeper than that, honestly. No, I don't think it is. I really wish the Alliance were a little bit more skeptical of of Illyria and her shadow shit. I wish Turalyon was too. I wish it wasn't more. I wish it wasn't just this whole. Well, this is the love of my life, so love is going to conquer all. That I was really hoping when Trallian and Illyria were introduced that it, there would be a wedge between them and Erator. Uh, you have Erator who's never had, who you know hasn't seen his parents for over it's all set years. up. It's all set up there. Yeah, and imagine. Okay, here's the cool thing. Nakala was, you know, the idea that they've been at war for a thousand years. Mm -hmm. It's a cool concept, and what's even cooler is the aftermath of that concept. How do you turn off a thousand years of fighting? How do you go back to the way things were? Can you at all? When you spend yeah, you're like you're definitely not the person who you were before you left. So I would have I would have thought it would be I would have thought it would be top tier. Eh, top tier is a little too de too uh, generous. I think I thought it would have been phenomenal writing to see that Turalyon 
and Illyria for all their victories against the Legion would fail at being apparent to Erator. Would just fail at that mm -hmm. connection. It's sort of like, son, I really want to love you, but I've been fighting this war constantly for a thousand years. I've seen things. I've done things. My mind has been invaded a thousand times. Fighting literal demons. Yeah, I don't. It's like I would. I, I guess like some sort of PT, demonic PTSD. Well, a thousand years. Yeah, you're this. <laughs> yeah. That's something I actually forgot to talk about with Illyria that I'm upset that I didn't bring up earlier. Illyria got mind invaded one time by a shadow creature. She's like, oh, I need to go find the shadow. How many times has that happened to our characters? <laughs> it's like a routine uh, thing with fighting these guys. Like, oh man, the most memorable one I think was probably Old Kingdom. Yeah. Uh, that was awesome. That's probably one of my favorite dungeons. That blew my mind in that dungeon where oh my they God. take over your mind and then you, you start like hallucinating and then you like end up fighting your teammates and stuff. And... Yeah, mind invasion is nothing new. I think Illyria was already hot to trot to do it anyway, and this was her justification. I know I'm oversimplifying the story beats that she got visions and echoes and whatever, but come on, I think that's so convenient that she just happened to be. It, it's it's less convenient that she was already going to do it than she did it because of this vision. It's like, oh, you got mind consumed by a void creature. That's cute. Like it's already it's only happened to us like a thousand <laughs> times. I could say that Dan was fighting Yogg-Saron and oh my god, those are some vivid ass visions. I don't know. I think it's weak. But I I, I don't think that the Void Elves are gonna get the 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 cool the chilly reception that they probably are supposed to get because now the Void is actually realistically a good guy. And I you know I like dealing in a world of like moral. I think the the Void being a quote-unquote good guy is only, you know, logically, it would only be because, you know, the Void tricks people into thinking that it's True. harmless, you know? I really and hope... That we'll... makes sense to me, and I hope that's the way it is, and so it's just this, oh, it's a duality of things, and how it has to be the, the Void and the Light, and, uh, yeah. It's, they're all... Void is a power for good, if you do it right, or something. Yeah, I don't know about that. But I can see it just being, yeah, a corrupting force, and yeah, you could listening to the whispers, yeah, it could yeah. convince you, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not bad or something. Oh, I just lost like ten seconds of audio because my headset turned off. It'll probably be on the recording, but I don't... Oh, it might be, but yeah, I heard, I did hear a beep go on. But... That, yeah, that was me. But I want to see some consequence for at least Illyria, and I don't care if that consequence is then carried over to the rest of the Voidals for it, because I'm sure there's going to be something, but there's got to be some consequence for deciding this is the path, otherwise the Void means nothing. Then, If the Void is something that can be conquered by a mere mortal, then why are we so afraid of it? Um, but I, I, I feel like the reception they should have received is a chilly and dubious reception, but they can't really see another. They can't. They don't really have a better option. And maybe Anduin's a little too trusting, and it's a fault of his. I, 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 I don't know. Well, I mean, there are the 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 whispers of uh, Ilganoth, That's where true. he's saying the, uh, the boy king will be made a pawn and stuff. So maybe he's getting corrupted in some way that we don't know about yet. Maybe. Speaking of whispers, apparently Zalatash has some whispers. Also, about what specifically? Uh, I don't know. I had the page open. I thought. Uh, I just got your memes up here now. I'm talking to my naifu behind my back. Yeah, your naifu's got your naifu has something to say about it, man. Um, and I thought I had it up. I don't know where it went. 
That sucks. That's alright. I'll look for it another time. I know it might be worthwhile looking into, but we're running a little late. And I'd like to wrap things up before too long. That's okay. Uh, I'll just leave it to the side for now. Now, um... Goodness gracious. <sighs> I don't think Battle for Azeroth is going to be doing a whole lot with the... Well, actually, no, I don't... I, even though... Le even though Legion was all about fighting the demons, I don't think the demon hunters themselves were, you know, necessarily the for the carrying force of it all. Just like the Death Knights weren't the carrying force of like Wrath of Lich King. And I think well Battle for Azeroth... That was they were, that was their sole purpose, but they weren't the only yeah. ones who did it. No, they weren't the center stage guys either. Illidan was this even though Illidan was meant to be the center stage guy and he's the guy on the box, I don't really feel like he was. But for the for the Void Elves, I don't think that we're really gonna get all that much more lore on them. Because this is not a void based expansion. This is a, we're going to be looking a little bit more seriously at the conflict between the Horde and the Alliance. So this is very broadly a Horde-based uh, a Horde, uh, 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 expansion where the, the Horde and the Alliance are going to be taking center stage. Do we even know who's on the box art for um, nah. BFA? I hope it's not. I do not. I think it's the, I think it's the Orc and Human. It's look, it's like, I think it's a callback to the oh, old... Oh, uh, good. I want to see that. I do not want to see... To the old Human facing off against the Orc thing. I want to say that's what it is. Oh, uh, that'd, that'd be dope. I want to see that. Callback to the old Warcraft box art yeah man that would be dope i want to see that so much um but i don't i don't think that the void elves are going to be getting any necessarily any necessary spotlighting uh past their introduction maybe something brief but i don't i don't know i was actually hoping that illyria and aralia illyria and try would not be very involved be very invested in the in the fight in general i'm curious what the expansion will bring because uh I think we can expect to see a little bit of story for Anduin, for Dana. I wasn't expecting to go to outer space this expansion right away. Yeah, you're right. I wasn't and then either. We were, and then we were doing StarCraft. Oh, the, the, I bet you, if it's not the Orc and Human, I bet you it's going to be Jaina. Because Jaina was the one who was heavily featured in the trailer as, like, the mm -hmm. narrator. It's going to be Jaina, I think. Um, otherwise, uh, I don't know. But I don't oh. think... Point is, I don't think the void. I don't think we're gonna learn too much more about void elves beyond what we see in their introduction quests because it's not the story is not really about them in particular. And I was really hoping that Illyria and Trali would just kind of stay out of it. How do you go for fighting thousand? You know, the whole the whole contention is how do you how do you fight demons and then go back to fighting each other? Why the hell would Illyria and Trallian care about these allegiances after fighting thousand? Yeah, years I can imagine coming back from that. He's like, why are you guys? They'd be like, and why would I care favorites. about this? Uh, like, why would I even care about? Horde versus Alliance thing after then, fighting the Burning Legion for a thousand years. Oh man, that's gonna be what the whole reason. And then the Lightforge joined the Alliance too. Like why? I I don't I don't know. I guess maybe the whole point of this is that no, even if you're fighting world cause, even if you're fighting cosmic forces like demons, the the pettiness of mortal war is something everyone can get dragged into. It would it would just seem really petty, you know. Yeah. In comparison to to what they had been doing. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're right. I wish they would be more like Cadgar and just not not bother. But I don't think that. I think Unless it was just like out of a hobby, because maybe they just miss fighting so much because that's what they're used to and they don't know what else to do. I could see that. I could see that too. I actually got a friend in the Marines who, you know, I suspect this is his reason for staying in the Marines. He could have retired three times by now. He's like, I don't really know what I would do in the civilian sector, so he stays in. I can see uh, that. I mean, part of it is yeah. There's there's the camaraderie aspect of it. There's the uh, I mean, there's there's a few reasons, and some some of it's maybe yeah, you're just scared to go back to living a it's normal what the, life. It's, it's what they know. 
Mm-hmm. But let's talk a little bit about what you know. I what I honestly, what I would like to be more than anything else is a fly on the wall in that boardroom when they decided why void elves need to be a thing. And I think I've got a couple of thoughts on that. I got an idea of how it kind of went down. <laughs> Tell me what do you what do you think uh, it is? Uh, I just imagine they'd be like, well, we could retexture the simple elves, and then we could give the alliance elves that they want. Yeah. And I imagine that's how it went down. Maybe. For me, though, I think it's... I think that's part of it. And I think it's also... I think I think it's got to do with once they knew what they were going to add to the horde, they needed something to offset that appeal with. And what are the what other options are there for uh, allied races on the alliance? That's interesting. To find out what order they came up with these the ideas of these allied races. If that was like a, yeah. a prime where the, they come setting out like this is what we got to do. We got to make these void elves. Well, I bet or you if the... it was like, or if it was like. We got to come up with something cool for the alliance too. Well, I bet you the first thing they decided was it was going to be, you know, Coltiris uh, and Zandalar. I'm sure that was the first thing they decided was the setting and the lands that we'd go to because that's the biggest part. Everything takes place. Well, we all wanted to go into the the oceans and yeah, do our high voyage stuff. This is our time. This, this is, is finally... isn't a boat expansion because they're not giving us the boats that they said. That well, we they, they said that we're not getting the boats, even though that's what we really wanted to go yeah. to the Assassin's for the boats. The boat but, expansion. I mean, if, if if Assassin's Creed could make a fun boat expansion, then I think we could have. That's too. what I wanted. But I mean, we'll get our half measures. We get our little seaport in Draenor, and we'll get our island plunders. I guess Assassin's Creed Four because uh, I was I haven't uh, really played it yet. I, I watched like I haven't played I it. Know. I haven't played Black Sails. I actually feel really bad for the for the for the pirate. I watched rogue, a lot so. of the the gameplay and stuff just because I was really interested in it. Anyway, but. I feel bad for the for outlaw rogues the most because having boat com, boat mechanics is like their wheelhouse. You can't. How do you pretend to be a pirate if you don't even have a boat? Come on, man. Oh man. Anyway, I think Blizzard more than anything determined that they were going to do the setting first. You know, the, what land we were going to go to since that's where that's where all the story is going to be happening on. Yeah, they're like, well, we got these big baddies still out there. We got Nazoth. And, and then they we got <coughs> <Sandalari> <coughs> trolls that people are curious about. And then they, yeah, that too. And then they're going to figure out... Ass who that's been in the, the story, or the yeah. lore for a while. And, and then, then then that's usually when they figure out what the big feature is. It's either going to be a new class or a new race, or in the case of World of Warcraft, like WAD, it was the revamps. Like, people, like people, we didn't get a new race or a new class in World of Warcraft Draenor, but I, I think that the equivalent feature, if you had to draw one for comparison, was the, you know, new, uh, the revamps, the, the updated models. Mm-hmm. So, the... the Which sec- is a big, yeah. big deal. So, in my opinion, the big secondary feature of this expansion is the is the allied races, and they just no, went... it's clearly all about the goblins. <laughs> no, one, no one, everyone forgets about the goblins, but this is what it's for. Yeah, the you're right. Is for the goblins. You're right. Undermine is the real seller here, but they, you know, instead of making, is making a sub race the same as making a whole new race? No. Eh, kind, kind of not, kind of yeah. If you ask so, me. so yes, they have to make a few new assets as far as getting voice actors, but yeah. they these guys are using the same animations. You're right. Um, yeah, you're right. Same, like it's much easier to retexture a, a mesh that's already been rigged. <laughs> um, yeah. Than try to create something from scratch. You're right like about the, it. like they did with the Nightborn. Yeah, you're right. Mesh. You're right about I that. Think, I don't know if they're doing something new with the rigging system with the animations to where they can. 
make it a little more streamlined for creating more mm -hmm. sub races or not, but uh, it's definitely. I think the most work they had to do was probably make up the females and Dolari because the, f the females and Dolaris did not have a specific model, and they do now. That's probably the most work they they had to do from scratch. Mm -hmm. um, so if we if we if we can speculate that the first thing they decide was the setting, and then the second thing they decide was these allied races, we can start talking a little bit more about what order these guys got added in. And since we're going to Zandalari, Zandalzar, of course, Zandalari are probably the first pick. And I bet you that. High Mountain were a very close second because we they're too because well, we everyone too, saw the High Mountain they're like that's cool that we that. want that we want that so I think I think the Nightborn were in a similar boat there just because they were you know one of the Legion allied races that yeah. we were working with I think they I think the first two decided races were were you know Zandalar the Zandalari trolls in the High Mountain and I think that they had the Night Fallen on the fence for a long time, and I think was like, well, what kind of allied races can we give to the Alliance? And they probably thought uh, some. They probably it probably came down to Wild Hammer Dwarf or Dark Iron Dwarf, and I think mm -hmm. they decided Dark Iron Dwarf. Well, we can't do two dwarves. Right? I don't. Yeah, that's one thing I thought. I think they decided. Yeah, we can't do two dwarves at once because they were going to be called lazy, even though these are all recycled models with new textures, and people mm -hmm. are gonna, people are going to call us lazy for that anyway, even if we. You know, Dark Iron Dwarf does look really good, though. Oh, my God, I think so it looks textured. great. Yeah, they look great. I always thought they sometimes looked ridiculous with the dark skin and red eyes. You know, if mm -hmm. you're like a civil... I think Dark Iron civilians look weird. And I think that one NPC um, from Gorgron looks funny because he's just in overalls and his, like, skin... It's like, his skin tone... His skin and eyes make him look a lot more monstrous than he is, and he's just wearing overalls. And I think it's a little ridiculous as a visual, but I liked it, so... Um, uh, I think they wanted to roll out the Dark Iron first because it was the most visually distinctive. Because with the Wild Hammer, you just have like tattoos. Yeah, and you don't see tattoos very well with yeah. armor on. Yeah, so there's not a whole lot of you know visual, you know, visual stuff going on. So I think the, I think the Dark Iron is just funny because they're technically already part of the Alliance. We shouldn't have to go through and recruit them and convince them to join us. I, I if if anyone wanted to advocate that the Dark Iron should just be available upon release, I would say. Are they? Yes. I thought they were, we were not getting along well with the Dark Iron. Well, they're 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 the they're the only race among the six that are actually already aligned, and, and unless something has changed, and they've. Uh, I thought they were bad guys. They... I, don't, I don't know my dwarf lore that well. So. Oh yeah, that might explain things. Uh, I think they were bad guys, but then they joined the alliance officially. I think in Cataclysm. Cataclysm mm. was a big See, event yeah, for a lot, a lot of people. Things happened in <laughs> Cataclysm, but it yeah. Was... No, the Dark Irons are part of the alliance. They're the only one of the six that are already tied to a faction so I would if someone were to advocate these should be available for the alliance upon release I'd say yeah absolutely do it but you know they can't they're not going to do that uh, but, what I but we know that the Dark Iron and Zandalar aren't going to be coming out until uh, it's looking like the four the, the, the four that are it's looking like there's going to be four that are released early so speculation time um, yeah boy what, what uh, kind of allied races do you see in the future um, well, this kind of goes into what I want, like, another thing I wanted to talk about was whether or not certain people in Blizzard should be fielding these questions. Uh, I think, I think Magar is definitely something we could see. Mm-hmm. You think they will be, uh, Draenor? <laughs> I, that's the thing, I don't Related. want, no, I don't, I don't want to go back to Draenor, I want to leave it in its little pocket dimension, I want my Magar orcs from Outland. Because I think right. they'd ha I think they'd be a lot more interesting because Outland is more interesting than Draenor. It is. Draenor is just prettier, so I mm -hmm. think the fact that their Magar hardiness would be better. We could see ogres. I think ogres are actually the first other allied uh, race we're gonna see. Yep. 
because we well they're I think they don't they have a, they've had an update too. All they would need to do yeah. is make a female. And they pro- they're uh, creating yeah, I'm, <laughs> creating a female. If, if is, you saw the female one that I did, <laughs> I did see that one. And I think creating a female is probably the only thing that's going to keep that thing from happening because I think the fact that they went through. I think if it wasn't for the fact that the Zandalari are in link that real quick. Oh yeah, I saw this before. Yeah, I think the only reason why we're getting the Zandalari is because we're actually in their in their land, and it just happens to tie in very well. Because I think that's the only just, if if they could have gone with a third race that they did not have to make a, a custom female model for, I think they would have mm-hmm. gone with that. But right, mm-hmm. okay. At the end of the day, those those Zandalari is just I I don't think we've seen the female model. It could just be a reskin dark spear troll model. They look mm-hmm. they look they kind of look it. Let me tab back here. They kind of look it, it. Does it look like it's pretty much the same thing? It does look like it's pretty much the same thing, unless they have a different stance That's fine. or stature. I, mean, I get it. These aren't supposed to be brand new. Yeah, these aren't supposed to be. So it's entirely possible the female Zandalari. Okay, she looks very similar. Yeah, I don't think they changed too much. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, here's the uh, the new allied race on the bottom of the chat. This is actually really good. You impress me all the time with your modeling skills, dude. <laughs> I need to have I you. I think watch. this is made from just a orc. Then it, then it makes a lot of sense. They do share yeah. a common ancestor. Yeah, My so God. figured evolutionary process, whatever. I just yeah. I did the retro evolution thing, like they're doing with the chicken with the dinosaurs. I did that with the the old yeah. model. I hear you. It worked out, I think. But um, the, somebody made a really good Gallywix model a long time ago. Mm. Uh, Gallywix model, and people were like, "Oh wow, Blizzard!" If here it is. Um. Some some player using the goblin skeleton made a custom Gallywix oh, model, and that's it's pretty good. It's a really good model, and some people are like Blizzard. Why aren't you Why aren't you hiring these people? If you if these guys can make a model, why can't you? And ultimately, I think the Gallywix model that we got looks a lot Based better. Based off of him, yeah. Well, the, the new, well, this one definitely looks amazing. He's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> the the Blizzard He's, one. The jiggle physics are off the ch- off the chain, dude. Yeah. But I it's. But, so I want Blizzard to do a, an orc, or sorry, an ogre female, but then have it look better than the one I did, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Like it's I not did that, with Gallywix. It's here. not that Blizzard can't. It's just they 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 want to do it in their own way, and that's honestly how you can explain off a lot of their features. It's why we don't have player housing, and why we have garrisons instead. Why we don't have boats, but we have the shipyard. Why we don't have sub races, but we have these allied races. They didn't want to just release races. That, that shipyard just... was such a like the biggest tease I've ever had. That in my shipyard life. sucked. I hated that shipyard. I was like, oh, a shipyard. I'm building a ship. I'm gonna go on the ship. Oh, you, you... okay. I hated I it. It's it was just like... gonna go and do its own thing then without me. It Bye. Was stupid. I didn't like. I didn't like it at all. I, I was so disappointed when I found out I wasn't going on the ship. Yeah, but oh man. So as as far as. I think, Dance Studio. Yeah. So they probably came up with a Zandalai first, and I, and I thought they would have to create a new model for the female. It's not looking like they'd have to, really. Maybe a slight animation stance, but meh. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did do the troll, though. They did do the troll. Um, and then I, the High Mountain were coming next. We all knew it. Which are different. They're not the same Zandalari trolls. Or are saying, like, oh, they already got the Zandalari troll. Nope, they did it all from scratch. It's new. Yeah, that's pretty. Like they're they're the mesh is put together differently. They can't just uh, take an NPC model that's not designed to put armor on and then just. Yeah, because I think there's like there's like specific hooks so, that they can only put armor on. Anyway. Well, it's it's the way that this, the 
this set up and the textures oh. how they're lining up on it. All right, but, we're uh, talking about what el what other races we can see for the horde. Yeah, what what else could we possibly see? Uh, maybe ogres. I like that idea. Personally. I think ogres. Ogres are the fan favorite that have been requested almost as long I as I think the just dark make them. Like people are like, oh, well, they're too big. No, people I mean, people aren't going to care. People are going to want to see ogres. I want them to be big. Let's take a look at the Wowpedia page and see what races are already aligned with the Horror and the Alliance that we don't already have playable. That, I think, would be... <sighs> so, maybe we can get Leper Gnomes for the Forsaken. Oh, my God. I see Leper Gnomes for the actual Gnomes, actually. Let's see. Main what, races... Why would they... What? Because they're Gnomes and it would just be a reskin. No, no. It's, it's switching around stuff. Like, that would be dope, That's why they got the Blood Elves. But yeah, I think we would get some leopard gnomes for Tonka. The oh my god, Tonka. If it wasn't going to be so high Tonka, mark. I remember seeing them They're... back in Wrath. I'm like, yeah, this would be a good playable They're... race in the future. Let's see. Other races are Ogre, Mega Orc. Obviously, the Tuskar. That was another one in Wrath. Yeah. That we were like, yeah, I want to play as this guy and just they... go fishing all the time. Yeah, but they'd have to be like tor like pandas and be neutral. I don't think they'd join one side or the other. Hosen. Hosen are part of the, ra are part of the Horde and the Alliance. We don't have them yet. I don't like yet. Hosen. But... I love the Hosen. I just don't think that that's the most feasible model. Actually, Leopard Gnomes are in the Horde. Wow. Told okay. you, man. Other races are Ogre, Magar Orc, Half Orc, Half Ogre, Machnathal, Forest Troll, Tonka, Hosen, Hobgoblin. I, I, we, we can Ooh, see. Forest Trolls? I'd be down for some more troll variety, even though we just got some new ones. People say that we have too many elves. People forget there's like, a th there's like five different breeds of troll, too. Yeah, I'd like to see them. Forest Trolls would be good only because the males are have a distinct build. The you Forest Trolls would be cool trolls. Too. Yeah. Dude, now that the Zandalora joined the Horde, we're going to get the other races soon, too. The other trolls are going to be jumping on board. We can or, hope. We can hope, yeah. So, with the Alliance, what race... Also, apparently Wyverns are considered a race, not just a line of beasts. That's pretty cool. So, hmm. other races for the... There's mostly dwarves, honestly. Other races uh, in the Alliance yeah, lots are... Yeah, of dwarves. Wildhammer Dwarf... Dark Iron Dwarf, the Highborn Dwarf, which are basically Highborn Elves, sorry, which are basically their the, 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 <laughs> the Highborn Dwarf. <laughs> basically, uh, the Highborn are just their high, are just their mages. So these could have been their own sub race, but high now elf, they're not. Half Elf. Yeah. Um, Frost Dwarf, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Jinyu would be another one. Half Orc are apparently allied with humans. Mm hmm. If you're half orc, you're just automatically too too puny for the horde. Wow, yeah. But half orcs were listed under the horde one too. Hmm. Okay, so bulgs, I guess they could be either or. Furbolgs are apparently, furbolgs are oh that's right they're the bears. Furbolgs are with the alliance. Yeah. They could be an allied race. Uh, hmm. You know what? I used to, okay. I used to say that the reason why they had to invent the void elves and light forge because there were no interesting options. That's a lie. That's a crock. You're Look like at this. No, lots of these are really interesting. Yeah, how cool would Furbolgs be, dude? I mean, we've fouled around with the Furbolgs before. Maybe mm -hmm. they don't like what the Alliance are doing. Fairy dragons. Oh my god. Centaur will not be one. No, they will not. Neither will I Naga. I know that they won't. Naga Just could because... Be, Naga could be an interesting race, but uh, not for the right reasons. I don't think we're going to get them because of how they have to incorporate the slithering. But, hmm. man, oh man. Basically dwarves. Uh, high, the next, the next allied races we could see for them are Wildhammer and Frost Dwarves, but they're not gonna like we established. They're not gonna front load three dwarves on launch. Do you think <laughs> they'll ever do half orcs and then do him like Horde and Alliance? That could be very interesting. It would save them time. Although, certainly. like, how do you have a whole race 
of half orcs. They're usually like one-off things that are pretty. Yeah, rare. you'd have to explain where if you're if you're gonna make them playable, you have to. Your, your storyline the... wouldn't be like a city of half orcs. It would be like you'd no. be growing up in Stormwind or growing up in Orgrimmar or something. Yeah, I think they're gonna leave that one alone. I hope they do. Why couldn't they have just gone with High Elf though? That's what I want to know. High Elves are dope. This is from the how the dev said it. Ian, that's, Ian you has got the or you got you got elves because uh, the blood void elves are blood elves. It's like it's like um, you know this is this is why <laughs> I kind of wish Rokon and that was their, that was their answer to it to yeah. that exact question. So you have your high elves. No, we don't. And I actually posted. They're, void, they're called void elves who are blood elves who are I, high elves i posted on this a long time ago when they were, when i was at the height of my butt hurt over void elves and i was explaining what how blood elves and high elves are not actually different and they're they are they are different mm -hmm. they are different they have different leaders they have different motives they have different ideals and different values different organizations different people they're actually different. genetically different i don't think they're genetically different they are i, I someone brought that up a couple times, and yeah, I can... after like the the green orcs aren't the same as the Maghar. Yeah, you're right. They are genetically different, but Blizzard's just gonna you know hand wave that away. And it's, to say that the Blood Elves and High Elves even have are just are just what their genetics are is is another thing entirely. They have different stories, man. I mean, mm -hmm. ah fuck, I'm gonna go hunt for my post real quick because I thought it was on point. Well, say, like, say, say you're someone who wanted to play High Elf for the longest time. They're like, I can finally play a High Elf on the Alliance. But my backstory is, I was a High Elf who was a Blood Elf, who was a Blood Elf who left the Blood Elves, who <laughs> was a Void Elf, and they finally joined the Alliance later. Yeah, and players... You can, when, never, you can never be a, have a backstory that was like, yeah, I was just always... And when players want to play as a High Elf, they wanted to play on the Alliance. They didn't want to play a High Elf in the Horde. They wanted that backdrop. They wanted to play with, you know, the night elves and the humans. And the dwarves. And so, to say that... And the that, gnomes to a lesser extent. Oh, you want your high elf? Well, well you know, you should have just rolled a blood elf. That's not the same. And I got a little annoyed when Ian Hazacostas said that. Because I don't think... But... It, huh, I... This is something we can we can talk about, you know, more, more a little bit more in other places. Is whether or not people who are in the game director field or in the technical aspect of just delivering a good game and their, their job isn't really to know the entirety of the story maybe they're not the people fielding questions and maybe we shouldn't lean on their answers too heavily because who knows who, who they're going to end up in an interview with and who they're, what they're gonna, what's going to tumble out of their mouths when they're talking after a what how, after how many hours of hosting a fucking convention it's exhaustive you're not going to be on your on 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 you know on your game if i had to do podcast for five hours i don't think i'd be as fresh towards the end and as ready to go as i would be towards the beginning you know yeah and there's no way they would just know everything about the game right there's too much stuff in there and i found my post and i'm not gonna you know read everything i'm just gonna look for the points it's basically blood elves and high elves dealt with near extinction of their race in very different ways one took the fell one didn't so while they may still be the same race, it's only strictly in a biologic sense. And this was before, you know, obviously this is before you told me that they are also genetically different. It's not just about being an elf. It's about being, it's about what stories they want to experience. Players who want to play as high elves don't just want to be elves. They want to be elves who held on to their sense of loyalty to the Alliance and overcame the struggles of their magical addiction through perseverance and endurance and resisted the seductive allure of fell magic to sate their hunger. 
players who want to play Blood Elves want to be the elves who are willing to do whatever it takes to survive and stick it to the Alliance because of the prosecution they faced during the Third War and were loyal to Prince Kalthos. The players who are interested in the High Elves have routinely been interested in the Alliance association of that race and try to placate their concerns by saying that Blood Elves are the actual High Elves that they've been wanting to play as is being extremely disingenuous. Void Elves aren't satisfying the players who clamor for High Elves because they don't embody this characteristic and themes. Essence, in essence, Void Elves are High Elves who quit the Alliance, joined the Horde, couldn't follow their rules, and then joined the Alliance when Illyria bails them out, da-da-da-da-da, so on and so forth. So no, Void Elves are not High Elves, Blood Elves are not High Elves, and that's something I'll, scream, I'll be screaming until the service shut down. Uh, another thing Nakula brought up that he'll be screaming until the service shut down is that the Alight is inherently good and the Void is inherently bad. <coughs> Uh, this idea, as far as we know, this idea of moral ambiguity is really wearing thin with me personally because I deal with that's something we deal with in everyday life. Well, the, we got the the rapey Naru, yeah, the rapey. expansion. Oh, I'm so upset about that. It's like it, I it know. wasn't like that before. I used to like the Naru back in BC, even if I did have them captive in my basement. <laughs> no wonder they're all. No wonder Muru consented. It's apparently the Naru way to do that sort of thing. Yeah, they they were into it. They're in, yeah, they're stupidly into it. But what I think that the light is inherently good, the shadow is inherently bad, and we can have that stark delineation between these two forces in our fantasy game, because it's our escapism. We have to deal with more relativity in real life when we just in general. And I don't want to get into any politics or shit like that, but we always have to consider both sides. There's no real such thing as good and evil for the most part. Um, I think there are such things as acts of good and acts of evil, but it's, well, it's, it's very I mean, rare. And, and why, why have that in fantasy setting? Nobody wants that. You're supposed to have like the evil <laughs> thing and then the whatever. Yeah. Like I, okay, yeah. There's supposed to be a little bit of a ambiguity because yeah, you're playing two different factions. And you can't just have one faction be the evil faction because they're they're player characters or whatever. But these overarching forces could be that thing though, right? Yeah. And yeah, and you can give them more depth where it's not just like, oh, I'm evil because I want to dominate the world because that gets lame after a while. But you can you can give them depth, but yeah. Um, in a fantasy setting, yeah, that's the idea is you're supposed to have like the the forces of evil. You're out there to fight them and slay the dragon. You know? oh, but then, and then you hear things like, oh, but the Scarlet Crusade—they're evil. Yeah, but they think they're doing good. The cult of, mm -hmm. um, the Twilight cult know that they're doing bad. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, lots. Of, there's been plenty of people who have done evil stuff thinking they're doing good. Yeah, yeah. Just in history, you know. The cult and the cultists know that they're just unwinding things and that they're just being, they're just consuming everything, and that's their version of good, I guess. But I think for the most part, they know that they're wicked. The shadow has always attracted the wicked. The light has always attracted the good or the just or those who are doing what they think is good and just. And so I don't think it's, I think it's a disingenuous thing to say that the that the light is just as bad as the shadow, or the shadow could be just as good as the light, just because we decide that we want Illyria to be light, the shadow waifu of the white knight Trallion, dude. It's, that's mm. that bugs me too. But what else do we have to talk about? Okay, we touched on this a little bit. Blizzard doesn't like to do or introduce features just because they're popular in other games. Like, player housing is popular in things like Wildstar, but Wildstar as a game just isn't doing all that well. Um, I hear I heard that it very quickly went from a, a subscription to a free-to-play model within, like, the first couple months or something like that. And, you know, Blizzard is willing to do... Blizzard's willing to do things a little bit differently with their features, and I, I usually appreciate that. But is this a stat... 
too far, or is this within the realm of what we could have expected? And I don't really think allied races, allied races as their sub races, I guess, is innovation. But I don't really think that what races you add is is the place for the innovation and doing crazy. Things I like, like it. it. I like the sub races. <clears throat> I do too. I like the concept of sub races. I just don't think that what at what races become the sub races is necessarily the best place for the crazy innovation that you don't see coming. You know. Oh, I don't think this is gonna be like the the, uh, the game changer. No, no, you know? no, it's um, not. The, it's not gonna be groundbreaking, and whew. I don't, I don't think it, Blizzard actually expected this uh, MMO to go on for this long. I don't think anyone did. This is a uh, this was unheard of at the time, but you know, I think Void Elves and Light Forged are were an answer to the appeal of the Hordes allied races, and I think they had to sort of do something out there in order to ensure that the alliance allied races had. Oh, we almost forgot about the Broken. The Broken. Oh yeah, yeah. The broken. they could be an allied race for sure for the Horde for the yeah. alliance. Yeah, they or the Horde. It could have been them. I think that would have been more interesting, but. Mm-hmm. There's something to be said. I think the biggest problem that the alliance that Blizzard has to face with the alliance is why would anyone roll a Draenei when they can roll a Light Forge? Why would anyone roll a Blood Elf if they can roll a Void Elf? And I don't really feel as if the Torin are threatened by the High Mountain. I know some people are going to disagree with this. I don't think the Darkspear are threatened by the Zandalari in the same way, because I think the Zandalari are perfectly distinct from the Zandalari and the, the Zandalari and the Darkspear are distinct. Torin and the High Mountain are distinct. In ways mm-hmm. that we we know their cultures, we know their values, we know how their society is set up, we know why they do the things that they do. The Draenei are basically everything. The Light Force Draenei are everything that the regular Draenei aspired to. So why would you play a regular Draenei? Hmm. Probably um, because you don't want to do a, a race transfer. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and I, I don't know. To me, the Darkspear trolls are a lot cooler than the Zandalari, and a lot more stalwart because they've been allies to the Horde since they joined the Horde. The Zandalari. They definitely got that back in them for sure. Um, they're, they're the OGs. The Zandalari are kind of wishy-washy, but they look so damn cool though with the Dinomancy and everything. Mm-hmm. God, they're cool. I'm so happy we the got them. Zandalari do look really cool. I mean, and I think I think we've exhausted everything that there is really to say about the Void Elves and where they're going to fit into lore. And, without sort of talking in circles. And I think it's fair to say that the story of the Void Elves in a critical and objective level is weak and is dependent on a series of contrivances and convenience in order to, you know, in order to become part of the part of the lore. And I think that it also relies a little too heavily on the trust of the players that there's a payoff at the end and whether or not there may be. Mass Effect 3 showed that that Hey, it's that old uh, carrot on a stick thing, you know? Yeah, and I think I'd prefer... Which... I prefer, I prefer new story elements and new characters that don't rely on that on on the goodwill that they've got with me, you know. Mm. Um, Mass Effect Three showed that the pay, the promise of a payoff is not always delivered, you know. I don't know. If were you were you a big uh, Mass Effect fan before uh, that one? I was a huge Mass Effect fan, and I'm still a fan of Mass Effect Three up until the very end. I just yeah, I heard head, a lot of people upset about the ending of that one. The ending is terrible and it's basically what they did with the shadow and the light is what they did with the reapers did you play any of mass effect uh i played some 
Well, some of Mass Effect 1, some of Mass Effect 2, but I don't think I've ever played either of them all the way through. Well, in Mass Effect 1, I don't know if you got this far, there's a scene where Shepard does converse with the Reaper, and he asks the Reaper, why are you doing this? And the Reaper says, well, our, our reasons aren't comprehensible to someone like you. There's no point in explaining it. You would never understand. You're too small. We're, we've been in the cosmos forever. There are things we understand that aren't ever going to quite reach you. And it's like, oh, wow, these guys are menacing because they can't be reasoned with. And it's... Then I'll draw an allusion to the Joker from The Dark Knight. You know, some men can't be bullied, bargained, or reasoned with. They just do what they do because that's what—that's all they want to do in their set. You can't convince them otherwise. And that's what the Reapers were. They were this implacable, unexplainable threat that were going to come to destroy your world and cleanse the universe of you. But they're really good guys. Yes, and Mass Effect 3 showed <laughs> that... Wait, wait, is that really how it ended? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, wow, I was just joking. No, you were on nail on the head... Uh, uh, Mass Effect 3 is essentially the concept of the singularity which is where man will create a robot so intelligent that it can repair and improve itself and it'll just, it'll, it won't just won't need humans anymore so it's just going mm. to kill humans and the idea was the reapers were created to counteract that singularity and so like you know the whole meme with exhibit so they're there to stop humans from developing technology or just any race from developing technology too far to create the singularity effect pretty much uh, there's a really great meme for it Exhibit. <laughs> oh. I keep saying we just need to check out our computers, but that's just because I don't like working with them at work. Yeah, pretty much. Here's the meme. I'll put this up on. Uh, it's on the Discord screen share, but I'll put this up for the. Yo, dog. I heard, I heard you don't want to be killed by synthetics, so I made some synthetics to kill you every fifty thousand years, so you don't you won't be killed by synthetics. Yeah, pretty much. The nice. ra the rationale was that they would. It would be a very controlled burn, essentially. That way, life would be allowed to flourish again after the fact. But they would they would have to come back in every fifty thousand years, and you know, do things well, over. You again. want the the quick death or the slow death, you know? Yeah. Well, so Mass Effect Three, and it's probably it's probably because of Mass Effect Three that I don't want the game developers to tell me, oh, just wait until the story comes out. You'll be you'll be satisfied then. It's gonna make sense in a little while. That's what Mass Effect Three told me, and that's why I didn't that's why I didn't pick up Andromeda. Other than the fact that one of their lead game devs was openly, openly bigoted um, towards straight white people, um, but I did link a uh, a thing in the uh, chat that was pretty on topic. It might be off topic by this point, but it was a minute ago. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> from my pers from my point of view, the Jedi are. Moral relationship. Well, that's what that's what one of the sticking points for. That's why that's why people didn't like this scene because the moral relativism was stupid. They just wanted good Jedi and bad. Everyone's shit. like, really? That was the line he's gonna say? Like, this is why he's doing yeah. all this bad stuff? Because from his perspective, I'm <laughs> I killed millions of children. Whatever. Yeah. Well. Unwilling Jedi. Oh, yeah. Man. Okay. Okay, Anakin. Let's we're play that. Oh Let's man. Play that game. Uh, man, after we get all this footage together, we're going to be at about the three-hour mark, so let's go ahead and start reining it in and get yeah, our final thoughts. let's spots. wrap it up, I think. I think it's fair to say, as I was saying before, the Void Elf story relies a little too much on convenience, contrivances, and trust in the players that the payoff at the end is going to be worth it. I think, objectively, the story is pretty weak, but we all have faith that Blizzard's going to be pulling it out. And as yeah, we, and I'm <laughs> I've gone from being angry to being ambivalent because, uh, you know, as Keiska says, we play Horde. We get to kill these guys, so there's something mm -hmm. there's something for us oh, to enjoy. Oh, sorry, this is an, one more request for Blizzard. If there's any Blizzard out there, bring back those titles. 
for the PvP titles for the specific races that you kill. Oh my god, Bring that yes! Back for the allied races, please. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. I got the Morgan Hunter title right now, and I wear it proudly <laughs> all the time. There's a... So I want, I want, bring that back. Bring Ashram back. <laughs> there's another philosophy. Oh my god, I hope that they'll add those races, because you can still get those achievements. But there's a philosophy that I can't help but think of when it comes to the Void Elves and the decision to expound upon what the Light and the Shadow are and then to define them too heavily. It's when you explain a joke, it's like killing a frog. At the end, you know how the parts work, you know how it's put together, and ultimately you know how it works. But in the end, the frog dies. And so, explaining a joke is to kill the joke. Explaining the light in the void is to kill the light in the void. Explaining the ultimate evil's motives is to kill the, the, the menace of the ultimate evil. And I think the Void Elves are a product of killing the frog, ultimately. And that's why I don't like them very much. Killing the frog. <laughs> and that's the takeaway. Void Elves are killing the frog. And maybe that's what I'll, maybe that's what I'll name, the, what, what we'll call this episode. And it won't make sense. And they'll have to wait for th three hours for that payoff. For that the joke. End. They'll be like, really? Oh, dude, it's perfect. This is the, the three-hour payoff at the end. If you made it this far as... We just need a big, we just need a big old picture of Captain America at the end now. But then, they'll, hey, if the payoff isn't Hail worth Hydra. it... If the payoff isn't worth it, wouldn't that just prove my point? Oh, my goodness. Let's there we it. go. All Pay right. Expect yeah, there we go. That's, I think, the perfect place to end it. Um, yeah, too bad Lyft didn't join us for this one. Well, um, I mean, I have other, I have other conversations I want to get her in on. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm sure she can throw in her few bits here and there about Void Elf stuff specifically because she had her own yep. beef with it too. Anyway, um, let's, let's do a quick round of outros and then I'll stop the recording. So, uh, again, I'm Dayon. I have got a bunch of different places you can follow me. I've got, I've got a, I've got a WordPress website, the works of ML Nightig. I got Twitter at mlnightig and I've got um, my tumblr which is mlnightig.tumblr.com but you can also catch me on mlnightig at twitch.tv I'll drop those links at the bottom when I put this video on YouTube or in SoundCloud or whatever and you can follow me there I like to stream once a week uh, take suggestions and uh, you know if you want to support me through Patreon you know I will appreciate it and uh, how about you Qualia where can we find you uh, you can find me at ZombieQualia at any of the, well, just uh, Twitter, basically. Twitter and uh, Tumblr. Yeah, boy. ZombieQualia. I'll put that yeah. in the links down below. And uh, next time, we hopefully we won't we won't time out Nakala, Rokan, and Weijil, but I was glad everyone here. Glad for a good stream. Good, solid discussion. Hopefully, when people watch this, they don't think that we're just hating on Void Elves because I think we actually do come from a great place. We wouldn't be talking about these guys if we weren't such big fans of Blizzard in the first place. Anyway. Word. And, uh, yep. Void Elves killing the frog. That's where we'll leave it. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for listening. Take care.